Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. So I do think what I wanted to do, and we, we talked a little bit about it yesterday or the day before, is I know you're not a, an extreme movie guy. Yeah. You, uh, you, I mean, you are. Well, you, you see movies. Okay, not, so, I'm not an extreme like I'll go and watch the best film right yeah, when it comes out. Yeah, no, no. I get that. So I do have the list here of the best picture nominees for the Oscars. Yep, so do uh, I. I picked it up. And I'm, I brought it up, too. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a movie guy. So we like last year, we saw every single best picture nominee. Um, this year, I've seen six of the eight so far. But you, I know, have only seen a, a, a couple of these. I think I've seen uh, two. So I thought it would be fun. For okay. me to, let's go down the list, and I'll say the name of the movie, and I want to hear what you think the movie is about. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, I might fill in some gaps here and there. <laughs> Wait, um, first of all, let's, let's name the movies. Sure. And then tell me which ones you have seen first. Okay, okay. So uh, I'll go down the list. So A Star is Born, I've seen. Black Klansman, I've seen. Black Panther, I've seen. Bohemian Rhapsody, I've seen. The Favorite, I have not Green Book, I have not. Roma and Vice, I have. Gotcha. So the okay. two that I have not seen are The Favorite and favorite Green, Book. Green Book. So starting with The Star is Born. Have you seen A Star is Born? I have. Okay. What would you give it out of five? Uh, three. Three out of five? Yeah. The people like that movie. The problem was is that, so I watched it. Bradley we were, Cooper, a little we, Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh, wow. Say that again? Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. That's how you pronounce it. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so basically, I saw The Star is Born. And, yeah, a star uh, is born. A star is born. Yes, not the star. The, the star. A star is a born. Star, a star is born. Yeah. Um, so I watched it, and it could have kind of ruined the experience a little bit. But I was in Indianapolis when I watched it. Yeah, terrible place to watch that. Movie. Yep, and uh, basically, uh, Jen's mom ended up uh, not pirating it, but like she bought it, like kind of like like I don't know how she got it. 
Uh, what? <laughs> it was like the, it was like from Japan or something like that. I don't know how what she got it. What the hell? I don't know. But, I mean, so basically, it was it wasn't like so it was know, a pirated version. It was somebody in the back of the theater with a video camera no, filming the movie. I, I forgot exactly what it was. It was I, I don't know what it was because I, I think the audio was just a little off. I think that's the only. Well, you guys couldn't buy a movie ticket. <laughs> I didn't want to go to the movies, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was so, a little off. It was entirely in Japanese. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was in Japanese. So I watched it, but I, I just thought it was kind of slow. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of like just drawn out because yeah. I thought that was one of the biggest like a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you, uh, do you not like the music? A little Bradley Cooper on the stage rocking out. No, it was pretty good. I just, Lady Gaga yeah. at the bar. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was good. Where but he goes, it was, hey. And she like turns around. He's like, I just wanted to get another look at you. Yeah. It's like that's not romantic. <laughs> it's <a> harassment. <laughs> Basically, I just didn't. I, I didn't get a real good thrill out of it. I just okay. think that, it, like I said, it was drawn out. It was just like because I heard, I know um, at least on the sports junkies and the local radio, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Oh, he on gives Fox everything five. a five. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so but he, but he was. He said that he loved this movie, but yeah. but uh, uh, E B on the junkie said he he would have gave it a five, but it was just drawn out because it was two yeah. and a half hours long or something. Oh yeah, it was like a long movie. The Titanic. Yeah. Spoiler spoiler movie. alert though. Bradley Cooper hanging himself at the end. That was a big deal. Yeah, that was, that was. Was it heart wrenching? Her final song. Yeah, at it the was. End of the movie? Yeah, yeah, it was heart wrenching. The whole entire, <laughs> the whole entire end. You know, it was a Japanese spoiler alert. But it it's also like the third <laughs> mo- version of this movie. It's the mo- there's two other versions of yeah. this movie, so it's not like it's not really a spoiler because it's in every movie the guy kills himself. Well, the funny thing is, well, not really funny, but Bradley Cooper is actually the director too. Is what yeah. I heard. So, yeah. but uh, he didn't get apparently he didn't get nominated. I think at the was it the Gold Globes? Yeah, or something like that. Something like that. It's like okay, but um, okay. So, Stars Born, you've seen. Three Three out of five. Out of five, yeah. Black Klansman. Have you seen that? Not at all. What do you think it's about? <laughs> do we want to even talk about this? That's <laughs> two white gentlemen. Um, <laughs> um, it's directed by Spike Lee. Yeah. Jordan Peele is in it, apparently. Um, no, he's not. He's not? It says he helped, right here. He helped write it. Oh, okay. Maybe it's, maybe these are the writers and stuff like that. Yeah, well, okay. so it's based off it of a book. It doesn't tell me what he did. It just <laughs> no, no, no I got you. I got it. It's based um, off, off of a book. I... <sighs> I'll probably go with something to do with in the. In the, in the I was going to say Civil War. But Civil War? <laughs> yeah, not about that. <laughs> no, that's Civil War. Um, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, something to do in uh, for um, uh, Underground Railroad? No, 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 <laughs> not, not, not quite. That would be called uh, Harriet Tubman. <laughs> oh, okay. A little, little tub action. Sit in the back of the bus. A little tubby. Uh, tubby Smith. What was that? The college basketball Rose coach? Parks. Tubby, uh, tubby Smith. Tubby Smith. Yeah, remember him? He coached at Kentucky. Tubby, maybe that's not his last name. Tubby um, Smith. Yeah, it's Tubby Smith. Okay, <laughs> yes. that's what I thought. No, yeah. Hey, yeah. I, by the way, real quick, um, I saw a shirt the other day yeah. that it said it said Rosa Parks. It was like her face, and uh, and below it, it just had like the word no, <laughs> like because because okay, they told her it's in she, the back of the bus, and she said no. Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, that, I was that like, shirt could also be look, or if they put the no in front of her, that would have been a bad shirt, probably. <laughs> No Rosa Parks. No, no, no Rosa here. Um, black Klansman. It's a it's a black guy who oh. joins the police force, and they're going after the KKK, and he acts like a white guy on the phone. So, like when he's talking to the KKK, it's a black guy, and then he sends another white detective, uh, played by the, uh, the 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 guy from Star Wars, Adam something. I don't know. He, he was the, he was the bad guy in the new Star Wars movies. Um, oh, you're talking about the guy. The he's um, got the low voice, kind of weird face. 
Oh, so you're talking about the guy that's Kylo Ren? Yeah, Kylo Ren, yeah. I don't know what his name is. Whatever. So he was the detective in this uh, as well. So it's he and the black guy teaming up to kind of take down the KKK. So he's a black member of the KKK. I give it three and a half out of five. Okay, I'm over one on this. Black Panther, you have seen, I I assume. Black Black Panther, Panther, pretty good. 4.75 out of five. I I go four out of five for me. It's weird. The first time I actually watched Black Panther, I was like, "Ah, I don't really see what the nostalgia is. I thought, I think I was like, I think it's kind of overrated, stuff like that. But then I watched it a couple more times. And the soundtrack is legit. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan's a beast. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. I mean, it's like, and everything they do is just immaculate on how they, how they, how they do it. Wakanda forever, man. Yeah, Wakanda forever. Yeah, um, yeah that's <laughs> how they say it. Yeah. Wakanda forever. Yeah. The NASCAR guys <laughs> in the movie. I forgot about them. <laughs> oh, yeah. They were racing around that Wakanda track. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I think that um, uh, Black Panther, I mean, I think the coolest thing is when in uh, the Avengers, the new Avengers one. The, yeah. the, or I the, thought that was better than Black Panther. Well, no, I thought so it was too. I thought I'm it was st- a better, better comic book movie. I think that should be on the yeah, on the, the, yeah. The, the Avenger might have came out later, right? Yeah, but it still was in the mix. Uh, was, okay, so but I think that um, basically the Avengers movie. I, I like the part in the Black Panther when they were in Wakanda and they were like, yeah. "I got, I, I got to see a guy," you know, yeah. Tony Stark or someone yeah, said I mean, that shows up, yeah, and they was like, "Oh yeah, I got to see a guy," and they're of course are yeah. flying into Wakanda. It's like, and uh, I thought that was pretty sick when they had that huge battle. That's that a good movie. Cool. For, I gave. Uh, I was talking about a movie that's not even on here. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Didn't see it. Didn't see it. I assume you know what it's about. Yep. Okay. Good. That's it. That's it's simple queen. enough. Freddie Mercury, uh, all that kind of stuff. It was easy. okay. It was okay. Uh, the favorite I have not seen. What do you think the favorite's about? I have, I really actually don't know what the favorite. That's not about. how you spell favorite though, is it? No, it's like a. That's like the British way of, of pronouncing oh, things. Like so aeroplane. They spell it A E R O. And a plane. So is is it a? Uh, I think it's so, like a so, Brit movie. It's a foreign, oh. a foreigner. <laughs> Four, it's a foreigner film. Uh, yeah. Um, the favorite. I mean, let me see the. Let me see. The, I know it's my favorite. We'll talk about it later in the show. Is this KFC spicy chicken box? That's, that's that, one of my that, favorite. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt about it. Okay, I'm looking at the. Okay, we can look at the covers. I, I should probably look at the, the Black sure. Landsman cover first. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> before, before going out of the Civil War or whatever that was. Said. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, it looks like. <sighs> Uh, there's two daughters, and they actually have the Queen of England, and okay. it looks like there's two daughters. She's trying to pick her favorite daughter, and maybe? And she's picking her successor. Oh, and okay. And basically, the, the other daughter who has, apparently there's rabbits in the in the, in the thing. I don't yeah. know why there's rabbits. So the other daughter's the least favorite? Yeah. And the one other, of them's the, the, the favorite? Yep. The favorite. Uh, yeah, the favorite. Like, you know. The favorite. When they seed out the NCAA tournament, you got to, you know, the number one overall seed's the favorite. Yep. To win, to win March Madness. And then, you know, the, this, the, the other girl's probably like, what, like a 11, 12 seed? Yep. And then the girl that's going to be queen is probably a one or two. Yeah. She, hey, she might be a Norfolk State. Yeah, you never know. Or a, or a, or a, what's a, or a UMBC? UMBC. Go, go Terriers. Go Terriers. Go Terriers. What about Green Book? <laughs> Green Book. I have not seen this. All right, let's see the... You've not seen it. It has, uh, looks I, like, a, uh, Mahershia Ali is in it. Mahershala. Mahershala? Not Mahershia. <laughs> um, it's by, by a true friendship, so... Yeah, okay. I assume he goes to Office Depot. He's picking out a new notebook. He's like, I don't want a blue one. I don't want a yellow one. Are you looking, at the, one are you looking at the cover? No, I don't need okay. to. I know what it's about. And then he well, picks they're driving up, in a blue car. Yeah, so. he picks up the green notebook, and he says, this is, this is going to be the notebook that I'm going to keep build, my notes in. Build my birdhouse. And the other it. guy is his driver, and he, he's the one that drove him to the Office Depot. And uh, the movie's about their friendship, about driving around and running errands. So the green book. Driving Miss Daisy. That's actually not that bad because it li- yeah. literally there's a guy in the back seat. Does he have a green book? No. The, guy, the driver is a white guy wearing a blue shirt, yeah. and they're driving a blue car, 
and the black guy is in the back. Yeah, Mahershala. Yeah, Mahershala. I think he plays piano. I think I saw a trailer for this. I think he's like a famous pianist. Oh, he's a pianist? Yes, he's a pianist. Oh, a pianist. Um, and uh, he, uh, I think he like plays the piano, and the other guy's his driver, and they just go around, and he plays the piano. The guy's like, hey, you left your book in the back. And he's like, here you go. And then... Uh, it could be one of those, yeah. uh, those falsified titles where it's like, oh, yeah. the green book, and it's just like some underlying meaning that like has there's no green book or any book oh, at all. So you spend the whole movie waiting to see the green book. Yeah, you're waiting to say, like, what's the title of this green book? And then it just, gotcha. it, there's just nothing there. Okay, okay. What about uh, Roma? I've Ro- seen this. Roma. I've heard, uh, I've heard what it's about. It's a- actually, I don't know what it's about. So but I- it's about actually the, um, so, you know, Yankee Candle. So it's about, the movie's actually, it's a typo. It's supposed to be Aroma. Um, and it's uh, it's about the uh, the background of Yankee Candle and like how they came to be. Oh yeah, it's, it's a documentary <laughs> about their history. It's a typo. So it's called Aroma. So the Golden Go- or excuse me, the uh, Academy Awards are going to sit there and say, oh, oh, Aroma. Yeah, Aroma, and it's about Yankee Candle and like how it's how it's progressed in this country. Yeah, I actually I, I know what it's about. Uh, I have no intention on seeing it. I saw it. It's the most boring movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I really would I would have I would have rather it had been about Yankee Candle because Seriously. the actual movie was really boring. Yeah. Exactly. They said it's like it, it's black ni- and white, nineteen seventies Mexico, seventies. It's, like it's like this made for these for these like rich people, and the entire movie is like a, it's just the slowest movie. It's just literally her just doing the chores. It's like her like washing clothes and cleaning up dog poop. There's a lot of dog poop in the movie, really. And then she like goes into the ocean because some of the kids go into the ocean. She's like, hey, don't go in the ocean. They're like, yeah, whatever. And then they go in the ocean and they're like, about to drown. And she's like, well, I can't swim. So she just white wades out there, and the whole shot is like 15 minutes of the camera just slowly following her into the ocean. The kids, she doesn't really save them. They just kind of wash into her arms. And then she walks back on the beach. They're like, we love you, Aroma. And then uh, they're like, uh, and then they give her a big hug. And that's the freaking uh, cover of the movie. And you're like, all right, well, they put the end of the movie in, as the cover of the movie. Yeah, isn't it? It's like subtitles. There's subtitles. Oh, yeah. No, they're speaking, it's in they're Spanish, speaking Spanish. And it's subtitles. Yeah. And it's in black and white for like, no come on reason. Now. Like, so let's be honest. I gave that like a one and a half. You got, you got a British <clears throat> movie. Then you got a Spanish movie. It's yeah. like, well, where's uh, the Avengers? Yeah. I know. I know. And then Vice. Vice. Vice is the last one there. I've seen Vice. I will say I liked Vice. You liked Vice? I liked Vice. I assume you know what it's about, or maybe uh, you don't. Let's see. It has Christian Bale, Amy yeah. Adams, Steve yeah. Carell, Sam Rockwell. Uh, the, ty- the, the, the cover doesn't really give me any signs of anything. Um, does it have to do with anything with the law? It has to do with Dick Cheney. It's a, it, the whole movie's about him. Oh, is it the Christian one? Christian Bale is Dick Cheney. Remember, he got fat for the role and stuff. Uh, it's like uh, got fat for the role. Man, wouldn't that be great to be paid to get fat? <laughs> like literally, like part of his job is to get really fat for this role, and that's what he does. Wow, that's Dick Cheney, or that's that's Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Big. Yeah, he's a big fat fatty. It big. He's tubby. Yeah, he's uh, he gets to be fat and be wow. be a bald Dick Cheney. It's I, good. It's a good I, movie. I totally yeah. Because again, this is one of the oh Vice for Vice President. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I get it. I'm, I'm a moron. Yeah, um, you are. That's okay. So <laughs> okay, so now I get it. Now I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, what's Vice have to do anything? But then obviously, I you know, it came, it came to me. Yeah. But overall, I think I was gonna try to watch that that movie, but I never actually got to it. Yeah. Because I honestly, that movie looks pre- looked pretty decent. It's, it's pretty good. I give it a four out of five. It was oh, good. Wow, four. That's pretty high standard. I, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. It was uh, out of this group. I, I if that one, I'd be okay with it. Definitely oh, yeah. don't want a Roma to win. Um, don't want the favorite. I don't I haven't even seen that movie. I don't even need to know about that movie. I don't want that to win. Uh, last year, the fish sex movie won. 
The fish sex was it was a fish out of water or something like that? Shape of water. Shape of water. Shape of water. It's all about fish sex. That's all that whole movie. If you really? see it. Yeah, it's just this. Do you, giant... do you make a point to actually see these? Yeah. Like you, you, you I th- saw every single Best Picture nominee last year, and we'll, I'll see everyone this year, but before the Oscars, yeah. Last year's Oscars like punishes this year's Oscars. Really? Yeah. The Best Picture nominees last year, way better. Way better. Um, yeah, I mean, even though the fish, fish sex movie won, wasn't a big fan of that. Um, why? Why not? It's it's an important thing in life. It was kind of weird, man. It was it was weird. Like the guy's getting more action than you know. Didn't he? Didn't he? Or whoever it was? Didn't they win? Yeah, they won the whole thing. Like, I, I don't get that. Like I, that. That's the one thing that I don't like. Like I wish these were kind of like the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. Sure, so do I. Where like <laughs> they all pick like, yeah. like not they all pick like you know just a Bieber or something like that. I'm saying like sure. you know they they all you know you have. Fifty percent fans, like twenty five percent critics, mm-hmm. and twenty five percent actors and actresses that are that and they are, all get slimed. Yeah, seriously, they all get slimed. Yeah, all the slime. They go up there. They're all the losers. I love Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. It's like seriously, like all this stuff. You know, it's like obviously Black Panther, Star Is Born, Vice, and all that stuff. Those, those are pretty good movies, stuff like that. And Bohemian Rhapsody is pretty good, from what I hear. But it's like, I mean, I have no idea what uh, Green Book is. No idea. Yeah, and I don't. I've, I've never even heard of it. It's supposed to not be. It's people get mad about it, like the like the uh, the family of the black guy in the movie, the real guy, because it's based on real people. Yeah, like they like by like, true friendship. They were like, hey, we didn't we didn't like this movie. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, they didn't like it. Oh wow, they weren't fans. Jeez, yeah, it's pretty iffy. But yeah, that's uh, but as a star. What's your prediction? What's your game? Let's let's this will be our. Uh, Jeez, let's give our prediction here for the best picture. Even even if you haven't seen any of them. What? Okay, so I'll do I'll do what I want and sure. what. Uh, I think yeah, it's gonna what's going to win. Okay. I think what's going to win is going to be A Star is Born. Okay. And what I want is Black Panther. Gotcha. Uh, n- no no correlation that, that those are the only two movies I've seen, but from what I'm hearing from uh, you know different interviews and stuff like that, sure. that I've heard on Instagram and radio and stuff like that, the star, A Star is Born, not The Star is Born, is uh, is going to be really up there. I think Roma is supposed to be up there as well. Yeah. I, um, that would be mine that I don't want to win, but I think might win it all. And then I, the one I want to win is Vice. Yeah, I want Vice. I, I want Black Panther because Black because apparently the Black Panther this is the first time ever. Yeah, uh, first Marvel Best uh, Picture nominee. Not even not even just Marvel, just a, a superhero. Yeah, 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 superhero. Yeah. yeah, which is like they're saying that it's, oh might open the door and stuff like that. Well, this Black Panther got so much damn run because it was a black superhero. Yeah, like yeah, that which was like, awesome. But well, yeah, which is, I mean it was, it's great. But, but honestly, I, the be, the better comic book <laughs> movie that came out in 2018 was the Avengers movie. Yeah, and I get it because it's kind of tough when it's like there's been other movies yeah. like leading up to that, but still like. That was that movie kicked ass. I mean, Black Panther was good, but yeah, I'd be. I mean, I'd be happy if it won. But I, I'm rooting for Vice. But I bet Ro- Aroma will win. And they're going to be like Aroma, Yankee Candle, the Yankee Candle. It's the know? nostalgia factor. Yeah, they had Aroma candles. Yeah, you know, the Aroma is in, in the 1970s air. Mexico, where obviously this one uh, Roma was made. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> That's uh, that's our movie segment. That's our movie. <laughs> there segment you go for a sports show. Hey, real quick though, when, yeah. when uh when I went to go to KFC to get our lovely meals that we're going to be reviewing here later in the show, um, have you ever been in that situation where you're a little too far from the drive-through window? Yeah, and, that's awkward. And uh, so the person in front of me was too far from it. And they tried to hand her one sauce, like one sweet and sour sauce or whatever it was. And literally, she sat there and they handed it. And it was like an awkward exchange. So, like, the lady, she had like T Rex arms, the one in the drive oh, yeah. which, why, why would you put her on that station? No. She can't reach out. No. So, she's sitting there and she reaches out as far as she can. 
the lady like sticks her arm out from the car. And she's and there's like, just a lot of I want empty my space in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. And the lady like it's like that uh, like, that Michelangelo like painting where like there's the guy that with his hand out and then like God's reaching his hand across and there's like a gap there. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll show you that. I'll okay, show. I'll, I'll, you keep thanks. talking. So basically, um, so so the lady with the sauce in the, in the drive-through window, she sits there and she's like, "Here's your sauce." And she, the lady, other lady in the car, is reaching her hand out. And she kind of like tries to try to try to hand it off. Like that's the painting. <laughs> whoa, was it kind of like that? Yep. Where they're just like that was uh, the first thing that I gravitated towards. I was like, whoa. Oh yeah, he's got a big ding dong <laughs> out there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Um, but so basically, uh, they're trying to exchange it, and all of a sudden, fell on the of ground. Did. Yeah. And the lady, yeah. uh, like their arms, like none, they didn't move their hands. They just basically stared at each other. Like, like who was going to pick it up? Clearly, the person like, that's in the car. <laughs> the person in the car sitting there was like hand out, right? Yeah. And then the person with the T Rex arms in the driveway when it was like, I'm not. I don't know what to do. Like they sat there. Her hand was out the window, even with the, the thing. Yeah, on it's, the ground. It's, and I sat there for like ten seconds, saying, "This is like a Mexican standoff here." Yeah. I mean, <laughs> clearly, the person that's inside is not going <laughs> to yeah, come and yeah. pick that up. So then, I, then the lady in her car was like, went like this, like shook her hand a little bit. Like, not, not shook, shook the lady's yeah, hand. Like yeah. She, like, shook her hand, like, give me another damn sauce. Give me another one, yeah. And then the lady's like... I just will throw it in the car. <laughs> okay. And then she grabbed a sauce, and then she's like, like, you know, dropped it in the hoop, and, like, went down and into the lady's hand, and she just sped off. Wow. It was, like, the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, there's opposite, like if you drop change, yeah. something like that, then At I'm that just like... At that point, you got to just chuck it in. You got a Randy <laughs> Johnson <laughs> yeah, that seriously. Shit. It's I just, I just never seen that situation before where they had, like, a standoff about one packet of sauce. Oh yeah! Like, why would you have one packet of sauce be the standoff? Like, is that sweet and sour sauce so really? What that? was she putting the sweet and sour sauce on? I, well, it's a KFC Taco Bell oh, combination. Gotcha. So, still don't know where what she put the. Sweet I don't know either. Sauce Maybe on. I don't was know. It, sure it wasn't like some fire sauce. I don't know. Zesty. By the way, uh, KFC Taco Bell, the number one seed in combos for. I would say so. But I will say, what's the other one? Taco Bell Pizza Hut. I've seen that before. There's that, one in Leesburg. That's pretty good. I will Out there say. by that that weird Walmart. But KFC Taco Bell, I think, is still. Better than than uh, than Taco Bell Pizza Hut, of course. Because at Pizza Hut, the only thing what, what what can you get except for like personal pan pizzas? That's all nice and fun and good. And well, I think like they that. have the pasta stuff too, don't they? Yeah. At the at the at the Pizza Hut uh, dri- drive through, I don't know. I haven't been in a Pizza Hut drive through in well, probably fifteen years. <laughs> the best combinations. There's also one I've never been. But KFC Taco Bell. I mean, think about that. You could get. You know, a bunch of a bucket of fried chicken and like ten chalupas. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible. Yeah, a party box. God, like seriously, that's the thing is, there's one. I, I think I don't know if it's still there or not. It used to be. I think it might be just a KFC now, but it actually was a KFC and A and W out there in Chantilly. Yeah. You remember that one? I remember on that. 50? Yeah, that doesn't exist anymore, but I remember <laughs> it when it did. No, no one went there for the repeat. Yeah. And then we had it at George Mason, the Taco Bell and the Chick-fil-A were directly next to each other inside one of the buildings. So it was kind of like it was like a I mean, it was a combo establishment, but except for you couldn't order like you couldn't order at one counter and get, you know, the couldn't order at the Chick-fil-A and get Taco Bell. But still, they were right next to each other. So yeah. you just hop. I definitely did one move where I got some Taco Bell, hopped in the Chick-fil-A line to get the milkshake. <laughs> Is it really? That's what it's about, man. That's oh, college. Mark. That's college for I'd you. Say, yeah, when I was at Radford, they had they had a pretty good amount of choices. Now it's probably different because they got all these different, uh, these, these newer uh, buildings and whatnot. But they actually had Chick-fil-A. They had um, ABP. Okay. Au Bon Pain, or whatever it's called. No, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's like know. the French place? I don't know. Au Bon so. Pain, it's called, uh, <laughs> I'm never going there. So. <laughs> That's what that Me means. either, because yeah. I never went there. Yeah. Um, but they had, uh, yeah, they had Chick-fil-A, they had 
I think I don't know, yo places, all that. Yeah. I only went to Chick Fil A, anyways. Yeah. Like, why, it, why would you go it, anywhere? It made else? zero sense. Like whenever I got the little money on my card and everything like that, I literally just went to Chick Fil A. I didn't go to anywhere else. Oh, yeah, Chick Fil A line in Mason was always out the door. Is now they have a uh, Chipotle at Mason? Really? Yeah. Well, they didn't have that one. Where's that located school. at? It's in the Johnson Center. It's in the Johnson Center. It's in the Johnson it's Center. It's in the JC. So they JC. So they got they got a Panera there now. Well, they had a Panera while we were in school. Um, uh, so they have a Panera. They have a Chipotle. They got a Blaze Pizza. That's what the little robots are delivering. Yeah. You see that the link yeah. I put on your Oh, yeah. Your I'm well, well aware. No, I know you're well aware of it. Stuff. I just saw a random thing on it yesterday. That's why they I'm have Red Hot and too. Blue inside that JC, too. Jeez. The, the Red Hot and Blue is right by the radio station. So back when we used to do the radio show there, now, if it would have been nowadays, now we would go get some Red Hot and Blue right after the show. Really? Yeah. Because it's right down there. It's how like, is it? How, like, what, what did they have there before? I know they had, like, the Starbucks, and that was it. So there's Starbucks, and the, yeah, they didn't have a, a restaurant there. <laughs> they didn't have anything there. Now they do. That's ridiculous, man. We should go back. Red, there. hot, and blue. Hey, why don't we just be like uh, goldfish? Yeah, if, be a if, goldfish. If, go do a show. Fifty years old, mm-hmm. sitting there doing doing a radio show at a college radio station. That works for me, man. That'd be nice. <clears throat> By the way, we'll talk about some of the Drew Mason stuff after we start the show. That's right. We'll start the show, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We got a lot to talk about on the show: uh, Redskins talk, Caps talk, Wiz talk, food reviews, grinds your gears coming up here in a sec. So we'll, we'll step aside and start the show, and be right back. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello, you play to win the game. Hello and welcome, Pine Ponies, the DC crossover right here where we cross over all four major sports teams in the DC market. I am Mike Cerrone. Alongside me is this Mr. and the one and only Ben Simpson. Mr. Ben Simpson, how are you this Sunday afternoon, sir? You know me, I'm uh, loving life after watching the, the wonderful aroma and learning about the background aroma. history of uh, Yankee, Yankee Candle. Candle. I'm doing good and also... Well, you and I, second day in a row, we're seeing each other. I know. Because yesterday, last night, we went to a little George Mason basketball game. Patriots, 7-1 and one now in the A-10. Big win last night over GW. Really ugly game. Both teams couldn't score. Uh, but a win, nonetheless. We, we All three of us, you, me, and my wife, Abby, got chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. Uh, chicken tenders across the board there. Place wouldn't, wasn't giving out straws or tops because that for some <laughs> reason that means they're going to save the whales um, <laughs> because that, I don't get a green straw. Night. Yeah, it was go green night, um, and uh, which is the same color of uh, what's going to happen later in the toilet because of this KFC bowl. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there we go. I'll be going green later. <laughs> um but uh, it, it was, that's <laughs> disgusting. I'm there, sorry. There I'm sorry. Is. I'm sorry to Mr. and Ms. Cerrone as they yeah, listen to this podcast. Like, to yeah, okay, good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, we, we got to go to George Mason Patriots game last night, basketball. Uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, the Go Green game. It's like you choose this random game yeah. out of the season and you're like, but the only, the only thing that I noticed was going green was the containers were a little different than normal. And then they didn't give out straws or tops unless you asked for them. So that was the extent of what going I'm saying great. is when I was in line, I, they handed me my drink. I was like, like, I thought the, the guy just stared at me and I yeah. was like, 
Like you're an it, like you're the idiot. <laughs> yeah. If I gonna get my top, the funny thing was that they just had like this sort of like like taped on thing yeah. on the counter. I didn't look at the counter. Yeah. To, you know, no yeah. note. I'm not, I'm not here to read. I'm here to watch basketball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, I don't understand what this guy's not doing for me. He's just not giving me this stupid top and straw. Yeah. And then luckily, your lovely wife Abby said, "Hey, do you want one?" I said, uh, "Yes." Yeah, because she didn't get one either, and I don't really use one. I drink straight out of the out of the thing. I don't I don't use a top or a straw. A barbarian. I yeah, I am a barbarian. <laughs> Um, and then I had seen the little sign. Go ride your I, I told her, I think you got to go ask for one. So then she went to go ask. And like, uh, it's just weird. I mean, it was just like, I get I get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> I thought it was dumb. They also get, were giving out these giveaways, these yeah. little monument statue things. Clutch Mount Clutchmore, it was called. I, you know, I was the first in. Uh, I walked over to the table confidently. The guy handed me Mount Clutchmore. I was like, thanks, man. You were right there. I said, hey, Mike, go get one. You walk over there. The guy says, students only <laughs> to you. Um, and then Abby was like too confused at that moment to even go ask. And, uh, <laughs> and then we discovered later that that was complete BS. Yeah. Because there was, uh, you know, grown men, 60 years old, carrying <laughs> four boxes of them everywhere. And meanwhile, you were turned down and I don't know why. I, I don't understand it. Cause like I said, or like you said, you went over there, you were first in line. You said, Hey, I want one of these joints. And then all of a sudden, what happened was I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was a bobblehead at first. So yeah. I didn't even see it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to use it for, but maybe sure. I'll sell it. Um, and I literally went up to it and I said, hey, 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 man, can I have one of those? And he just looked at me. And I was like, you know, I was like okay, are you going to answer? <laughs> and then he's just like, students only. Students I said, only. Students only. And I, then I looked back at you and you were sitting there just like not even knowing what's going on. I was just like. He's got his stiff arm me. In the yeah, face. I was confused. He gave you the Heisman, and and suddenly I noticed. I was like, you, you didn't get one. You're like, he said, students only. I was like, I'm not a student. I guess because I had a hat on. I don't know. Yeah, you, you, you had basic gear on, but it's like, I mean, I had yeah. a, I had a sweatshirt on. It's like, I mean, it's it, not like, like you were wearing GW stuff yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. Students only. That guy just decided. That guy profiled you and just decided, like, I'm not giving this guy Mount Clutch more. Yeah, I'm going to give this guy that's 47 years old four of them. Yeah, I was sitting right next to us. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, you didn't get the Mount Clutch more, but fortunately, George Mason won. So that was fun there in the area. Again, 7-1 and one Patriots. So if you are a local listener, definitely check out uh, George Mason. Go to Eagle Bank Arena. Check them out because, um, you know, that, this could be a team that maybe has potential to be playing in the March Madness tournament. We'll see. they got a long way to go. Um, but, yeah, this is, as you said, Mike, this is the D.C. crossover. And, again, you can find us everywhere you get your podcasts, especially on iTunes, but you can also check out Google Play um, if you were one of those weirdos uh, with an Android phone. Um, but uh, the way this show works is we're going to talk uh, – we're going to cover three of the major DC sports today um, with the Nats being one of those teams where we really don't have that much to say on the Nats. We haven't already said over the past couple episodes, we did mention this last episode, look for in, in the next few weeks, we'll start our spring training, like preview of the season, go to each position base and kind of talk about them infielders, outfielders, bullpen, starting pitchers, things like that. So definitely look for that in the next couple weeks. But Mike, in, in uh, the first team we are going to get into here is the Washington Redskins, as we tend to do each show. He's back. Adrian Peterson is going to help him. Look at Is going to go down. This time, Jonathan Allen is around his legs. Six sack. He has started every game. The second year player out of Alabama. 
And what we're going to do this entire Redskins topic segment is going to do the breakdown of the Bruce Allen press conference at the Pro Bowl, excuse me, the Senior Bowl. And uh, it's honestly been a little odd that this is the first time in 588 days, 500 and 88 days, almost two years before this guy, who is supposedly the president, the GM, the whatever, the stadium lead guy, I don't even know what other title he has, Yeah, that it's, it's so odd that this is his first time talking in almost two years to the media. Like, it, when do you ever hear that? It is weird because, you know... <laughs> especially being a general manager of the team, that's just one of the responsibilities that falls under your head. And, you know, obviously your, your number one priority is the team and getting the team better and making moves and things like that. But part of that is transparency and providing to the fan base, you know, what's going on. And, and that means, you know, as much as, you know, these guys don't like to do it, that means speaking to the media and hearing fan questions and hearing media questions and responding to that. And yeah, you're not obviously going to reveal every single thing that's going on behind the scenes, but you got to at least give a face and a name to things that are happening and not hiding behind 600 days of silence when this team has been in complete disarray. Um, you got to be a man about it, really, Mike. I mean, if you're in that position with Bruce Allen, I question, you know, your ability to lead if you're if you're afraid to talk to the media, but yeah. You know, give him credit, I guess. He did talk to them now after the, the long wait is over. So like Mike said, we're going to play through the press conference here. Um, we're going to stop after kind of each question and kind of analyze it a little bit here. So there, we got about 15, 16 minutes worth of audio, but we're going to stop um, after each question and discuss this a little bit. At the, at the Wizards game yesterday, he brought them some good luck and they got a win. He is moving around and uh, well on his way to a recovery. Is that for 2019, or is the pup list in well, play? Let me say this. I, I appreciate the love and the care that all of our fans have reached out to him, NFL players around the league uh, with this injury. and It's it's a tough thing for him and his family. Just get to it. <laughs> um, yeah. But all the love and care has uh, helped him quite a bit. And uh, we'll see where it goes. We're optimistic. If anyone can come back, it's 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 Alex. I'm sure he wanted to shoot hoops at the game yesterday, but so that's that's about yeah. stopping there. So <laughs> first question, I, I, I guess there's there's, <laughs> there's there's no content there. There's a complete non-answer <laughs> to the question. <laughs> the question the reporter asked was regarding you know what's in play here, the pup list, you know things like that. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Allen decided to just talk about... The and love. by the way, for, for those listening at home, if you have not listened to this press conference, um, I'm in your camp. I'm yeah. listening to this for the first time. The way Mike and I wanted to set this up is he's listened to it. He's got some clips. He's got some thoughts. I'm hearing things for the first time. So it may be you listening at home. Maybe you're hearing this for the first time as well. Um, so to me, initially, Mike, my to that very first kind of segment is... Uh, I don't know what he just said. He didn't say anything. We're talking about Alex Smith, obviously, and and we know that it starts a little abruptly. And why, again, did did, did it start abruptly, the whole press conference? Well, the Redskins did. This is the Redskins audio, and they didn't start the press conference on time. They didn't obviously have the first guy that asked the question, uh, you know, about Alex Smith. And they didn't start it. So this is where the audio was started that we could actually play. But the sole fact that this first question about Alex Smith uh, leads to him. I don't know if you saw the picture of him at the Wizards game. Yep. And he had that big external 
fibrillator or fixilator or whatever the heck the thing is called. I forgot exactly what the medical term was, but who cares about it? I mean, it looked like it was, you know, the bionic man. Yeah. yeah. And that, that actually had pins going into his leg yeah. and all this kind of stuff. So people actually, if you want to go check it out, say, just type in Alex Smith Wizards. And uh, basically, you'll see that whole entire gruesome, you know, leg thing that, that he has on. And basically, that first question, like you said, I think it was J.P. Finley asked it and said, hey, you know, is the pup list or uh, which is the physically una- unable to perform list uh, in play or uh, just, you know, anything of that nature in play for the, 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 the start of the season. And he just says, oh, well, I love all the, the outpouring of love that he's getting and this and that. And if anyone can come back, it's Alex. Like, like not answer. You, you spoke for 45 seconds pretty much and you didn't say anything. Complete not answer. And real quick. Yeah. The funny thing about this press conference is that you hear a lot of these, you know, outlets and whatever, radio stations, whatever it says, uh, YouTube videos, all that kind of stuff. They say, like, oh, my gosh, like, there's all this outcry saying, like, oh, my, it's the first time he's ever talked, and this is, this is terrible, this is terrible. Then some people started saying, well, you know, he, it wasn't a terrible press conference. Well, I thought it was a terrible press conference. So we're yeah. going to get to every single clip and everything, yeah. everything he said, so you guys get a first look at this. So that was the first clip here. Let's continue. But, uh, uh, we'll see. In your, do, you need to prioritize, do you need to prioritize getting a quarterback either in free agency or draft now? Well, you know, this is the last college football game, so it's uh, exciting to get to see these guys play football the last time. Uh, we prioritize every position on, on the team, and, and we'll see what we get in free agency in the draft. In your planning for the 2019 roster, does that plan involve Alex being a contributing member? Well, we don't have to make that decision right now. Uh, we have some time till free agency and, and obviously some time till the draft. Uh, I think Doug and his group will will rank all the players and, and we'll try and uh, build a, a winning team for 2019. So, again, the question is about <laughs> prioritizing quarterbacks in free agency or the draft was the initial question there. The answer, again, seems to be another deflection. <laughs> yeah. Of, you know, we're either, you know, we're at the last, at the time, you know, with the last college football game of the year. Uh, don't really know what that has to do with. It basically, he's basically saying that we're at the senior bowl. So, you know, we're, we're trying to still evaluate the college talent out there. Just in case. I, I don't understand that. Just say what everyone wants you to say, which is, hey, this guy is hurt. And you, you saw the picture from the Wizards game. And you don't have to say, oh, he gave him good luck and all that other crap. Just say, you saw this picture of Alex Smith. You know, he's on the, he's on the mend. He's ready, he's ready to, you know boost up the recovery process, and we'll have to reevaluate a little bit later. Yeah. Say something like that. Like that or if you are, I mean, I think, don't, don't treat the fans and us as, as idiots. I mean, the, obviously, Alex Smith is not going to be, looks like, it's not going to be playing football for a while. Yeah. So now that the question is about, well, okay, if Alex Smith is not playing football, who is going to be your starting quarterback for next season? Yep. And if you're the Washington Redskins, do you really want to rely on a Colt McCoy or Josh Johnson or whoever, you know, uh, those types of guys to start your season to try to win professional football games? Or are you going to be looking at the draft or looking at free agency? I mean, we're not idiots. And that's, that's the problem with this Bruce Allen stuff. And he's a king of this is just the deflection and the non-answers and things like that. It's, yep. it's annoying. So let's move on. Alex have more surgeries ahead. It would seem with an external fixator, they got to go back in and maybe put a rod in. And I'm, I'm not going to get into that, and I'm, I'm not a, of course a not. doctor. That's one thing I will <laughs> well, declare right here. 100%. Never went to medical school. <laughs> ah. uh, but he's going to follow the doctor's advice and uh, his wife's advice, and uh, we'll see what happens. You'll see him around. So, I'm so glad we're going to see him around, though. So, you don't have to be a doctor 
to be able to say what you've heard about. I mean, again, Alex Smith is, you know, a quote-unquote property of the Washington Redskins. He's contracted to work for them. There is no way in hell that Bruce Allen doesn't know the latest medical situation going on with Alex Smith um, that from, from Alex Smith's camp about, hey, here's kind of what the next plan is for Alex. Here's what we're kind of focusing on. Um, you know, yeah, the, it's the guy's medical stuff, and you may not want to necessarily give all the details, but don't, don't brush it off as, well, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what's best for him. <laughs> That's not what the question is. <laughs> the question is around, okay, the guy that asked the question is not a doctor. He's yeah. a reporter, <laughs> yeah. and he knows, and, and we've got enough. Uh, Does he need more surgeries, like the report That's the said. question is. Exactly. That's what the, the report came out and said. Um, we don't need to be a doctor to be able to look at Alex's leg and, and, and hear about his situation and go, you know what? You know, he's had the, this, this initial surgery. You know, are more surgeries going to be required? Yeah. It's a simple question. If, if the answer is, you know what? We're not entirely sure yet. We're still kind of figuring that out. It's a possibility. You know, th- I'd rather have that than... Hey, I'm no doctor. I'm not, I don't even go to medical school. I didn't go school. to medical school. Yeah, no, no shit, Bruce. <laughs> no shit. Uh, let's keep going. When Alex were to be unable to go, how confident are you guys in Cole and, and the quarterbacks and, or whoever else you might be able to bring in? Well, obviously, we, we like Colt a lot. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's why, why we kept signed around him to the six years. last year. <laughs> uh, unfortunate for him, once again. You, you have to appreciate these injuries from a player's perspective. Uh, their dream is to get out in the field. So was mine. Alex felt bad for Colt's unfortunate injury. And uh, Colt's going to be ready to go at the beginning of the offseason program. And <laughs> I'm sure he's looking forward to competing for the starting job. What was the question? <laughs> the question was about, is, Col- is Colt McCoy going to be, you know, the guy that you're looking at? Yeah. And the answer was, you know, Alex feels bad for Colt McCoy. Uh, he's going to be there competing for the spot. Okay. So I guess that still doesn't answer the question. Is he the guy right now? Is, nope. I mean, is he number one at the QB spot in the depth chart right now? Here in, Feb- in you know, January, February. And I know it, it can change, but that, that's not an answer. No. That's just how it is. I mean, he he's literally not going to disclose anything, and that's that's the biggest. What's thing. the point of doing the press conference? I, yeah, well, You're not going to talk. That, well, that's the thing is that literally so far we've gone through pretty much two and a half worth of yeah. uh, of clips here so far, and he has literally deflected every single question and has given us that. Uh, Alex Smith, you're going to see him around. He feels bad for Colt McCoy, and uh, they're not going to get into certain things just yet. We've like, learned no information. <laughs> there's nothing that – I mean, we're literally getting more dumb as this press conference goes along just listening to it because we're wasting time. There's been no new information set. The way the season ended was obviously disappointing. What message do you have to the fans who, who are hopeful of a return to the playoffs? Well, you know, our, our season had was a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, we had uh, great hopes early in the year. Halfway through the season, we were in good shape, and and then uh, we didn't finish strong. I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse um, because we had opportunities to win some games at the end that we didn't. And it's that determination that we need and that desire we need in order to get into the playoffs this year. We will have some new players, and obviously some new coaches will be on the staff, and and we're, we're looking forward to the season. What? Again? <laughs> Again, is this what the entire press, press conference is going to be? Uh, there's actually – the thing is, is that when I listen to this press conference, and, and they made it a good point on the radio that 
basically these guys, these reporters that are there's probably about six reporters. By the way, sure. he was in the freaking back of a bleachers. Like he was yeah. in the back of bleachers. He wasn't like you know a, a regular team would say, "Oh, let's get a nice little room. You guys can sit down. We'll have a little press conference and be done." Yeah. He was literally standing on like an entranceway. Yeah, you to can bleachers. tell the audio is not that great. Yeah, it, yeah, that's why that's why the audio isn't good. And you can see like he's literally just standing there and. Like, the problem is they asked about around 30 questions or so. And the thing is, is that w- one guy, I don't know who it is, um, and I, I never recognize his voice. Like, I know a lot of the guys like uh, Tarek uh, El-Bashir is in there, J.P. Finley, mm-hmm. Craig Hoffman. These guys are in there. There's one guy in there that he asked a p- couple of dumb questions you'll see in here, um, which makes zero sense. And obviously, Bruce Allen knows that his make no sense because he only spends like five seconds on him. But Great. Basically, so wasting the time because he was only in this whole entire thing for about 16 minutes. Yeah. Okay, so they only had 16 minutes to ask two years worth of questions to this guy. <laughs> yeah. So that's the problem is that some of the questions like this question uh, with the fan response is is one of the ones I want to know. I want to know the fan stuff. I want to know why, uh, uh, you know, so, uh, accountability things, business e- e- uh, execs being fired, uh, different stuff like that. And they're going to get to that here in the middle, in the meat of sure. this whole entire interview. Sure. But this, this early on, it's like, you know, you asked that Alex Smith, and everyone wants Alex Smith to do well and be well, but like that deserves one or two questions in like two yeah. minutes. Yeah, you know, there's not that much more to touch on that. Yeah. We know he's out right now. We we you know we don't know the extent of it yeah. really fully. But that, the the question was around you know what do you say to the fans that had yeah. to deal with that season, and it was well, it was an up and down year. Yep, we know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we're gonna try to you know bring in some guys and go for the playoffs. None of that is response to the fans. Yeah. None of that is saying you know what you'll see that from a lot of these fan questions on here that I labeled is literally he just says the fans are the greatest fans and they're so passionate and all this kind of stuff. It's like, dude, we understand that we are the fans. Yeah. Like that's that's what it is. You you can't tell us that we're passionate because we know that. Yeah. The, the the answer should be something around the fact of you know yeah we we obviously have let you know the fans down here of recent years. Um, you know we've had some issues we've lost some games that we felt like we could have won and you know that we're trying to you know blah 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 you know there, there's there there was no answer to the fan question quote unquote there it was more of you know we're gonna try hard we're yep. gonna try hard yeah okay we, we get it bruce is there any news on coaching changes staff changes i know some guys have left have you new, new announcements uh coach gruden right now is still interviewing some coaches um back at redskin park pause it real quick and uh sure by the way, Coach Gruden was back at Redskins Park, and he didn't even go to the Senior Bowl. So they're looking at quarterbacks. Yeah. And he's supposed to be a quarterback guru, like yep. talker and all that stuff. And he's not even there. And he's hiring special teams coordinators. Like, who cares? Yeah. Get someone else to hire them. You're going to fire them next year anyways when you're gone too. Yeah, the more important issue at hand is the quarterback position. We should have a full staff probably within a couple weeks. Are you aware of any departures currently? That there's a little kid in the interview stuff. Here's what I'm pretty sure that's that's the kid that Uh, I'm talking about. uh, Alvadotti left. Anybody else that you know or spots you have to fill? Well, that'll be up to Jay. Uh, He's he's doing a a very good job of uh, talking to people, getting some new ideas. Um, so it could be anything from a practice schedule to a new uh, defensive coverage to a. A new play action pass, and what? that's why the more people he talks to, the more ideas he gets. He's just, he's just getting ideas he from it all together. Uh, we'll have a final announcement. Was he googling how to be a better coach? <laughs> yeah, and that's, this a, is the that's what I started laughing. I'm like, this guy's literally Bruce Allen is saying that his head coach for his football team that he is the president, GM, everything on is literally sitting there talking to other coaches to get better ideas of what to 
what to do. What to do to <laughs> like, what, how he should like coach. Like you said, to how to be a better coach. It makes zero zero sense. Yeah, and there's okay. So the the the, the younger voice I heard, and as one of the reporters, is the one because he's the the same guy that asked I think the something about the the, 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 the prioritizing QB. Yeah, and like, like that. couldn't say the word prioritize. He's yeah. like, pi, 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 pri- uh, are you going to prioritize? <laughs> they get like okay. rest- He also at the bottom says something about uh, the RFK site, and after they already talked, oh, like God. this is the end of the. Uh, you'll get to that, but it, yeah. it, this is the end of the uh, of the interview, and he's trying to t- still talk about the stadium site. Like, all right, all right, uh, that's not important right now. Yeah. So we'll get to that in a all second. Right. Next question should be uh, near. Um, the, the, the Minuski interviews for the defensive coordinator, sure. all that debacle. J.P. Finley asked some questions here. All right, here we go. What it's important that you guys have brought in a couple of high-profile guys who wound up taking defensive coordinator jobs elsewhere. What were the conversations like off. with Coach Minuski, assuming that he is going to stay, saying, hey, these are people that we're bringing in, but I guess his job is still you know, his job. Yeah, Coach Minuski was in uh, uh, several of those interviews that you're talking about, and and it, once again, we're trying to find the winning combination for Maybe 2019. Interviews for his job. Yep. And there's a lot of good ideas out there, a lot of good football coaches out there. Uh, and the more that you talk to others, the more you can learn. And uh, that's what we're using this next month for. Wait, 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 wait. So that was Greg Ho- Craig Hoffman, but I, I, I mis- misspoke. Yeah. J.P. Finley asked about that like about two minutes uh, after this because everyone kept interrupting. And no one, just, no one picked up on it that he actually said that – Greg Minuski was in the interviews oh my God. with the people that were trying to take his, his job. job. Yeah. Like, can you, you believe that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, that's just like, that's like dumb. You're dumbfounded. Say, okay, so this man was in the interview. That's like someone saying, hey, you're the defensive coordinator for this, th- this football team. Uh, you're not good enough. So we're going to bring in this guy that just got fired from the Jets. And we're going to have you in the interview for him to take your position. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense in the world. No. Like, when, when does it ever happen? Uh, <laughs> the next one is by this the favorite kid. What decision to bring Jay back? What went into the decision? To bring Jay back. Oh, for Jay to be the head coach? Yes. Uh, we looked at the, the program. We, look, we, we felt the, the direction of the team was good. We have to, we didn't get over that hurdle this year. Um, and uh, we're giving him the opportunity to build a staff and hopefully have a healthy team for the 2019 season? Stupid question. I don't know who that is, but he's asked stupid questions the entire interview. I think he's asked like what three or four What went in the decision total. to bring Jay back? What do you think he's going to say yeah. on that? And the funny thing is, is what he said was to build a staff. You understand that you built a staff the last however many years, yeah. and you're still <laughs> not winning. That, 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 it's five years. Like you're on, I think, your sixth year, possibly. It's like, okay. Let's, let's, let's just keep, uh, you know, portraying that he needs to have a healthy team. He needs to have a staff. It's like people, you know, look at Doug Peterson for the Eagles. Look at Sean McVay. You know, the Eagles, you know, they were okay, but they weren't great. Look at the Rams. They were, they were you know, what, 8-8 eight and eight with Jeff Fisher, and Sean McVay comes in there, gets coach of the year, and wins 11 games, and now he's on the Super Bowl in the second year. It doesn't take five years to build a staff. I mean, you hire the right people. No, you just got to make a couple key decisions and stick with those decisions. There was a sharp decline uh, in attendance last year. We all saw what the finale looked like, you know, maybe 75% Eagles fans. How concerning is that as uh, president of this team? Well, our our fans are passionate. And I I think when we had uh, went to the deep into our depth chart, I'll say it that way, uh, they didn't want to be there for an Eagle victory maybe at the end. But uh, What? uh, (laughs) 
We've hired some new people for our business staff. Uh, they've engaged our fans. They've engaged our sponsors with a great enthusiasm. And uh, I think you're going to see a big change in 2000. So you think it's not the business staff that, that the why the people aren't showing up to the games. Yeah. People aren't showing up to the games because, one, the, the stadium's in a terrible location. Yep. Two, the price is just absolutely ridiculous to go to the football games when I can sit on my fat ass on the couch and yep. watch for zero dollars um, uh, or whatever my TV bill is, I guess, that I can watch the Redskins play in crystal clear so still HD. Still cheaper. Uh, 100% cheaper. Um, the, there's only one metro station that's kind of near there, and it's a, far, it's a long walk from that metro st- stop where the majority of your fans live in the burbs here in, around northern Virginia, and it's not even a metro that's close to them. They have to get a change tracks to yep. get to Landover, Maryland, or you do you want to drive three hours to get to Landover, Maryland, and drive three hours back uh, because of traffic? Uh, there's no promotions the Redskins are running to try to get fans in there. There's no hey, let's lower the price of concessions like Atlanta does for two dollar hot dogs and yep. things like that instead of ten dollars. And they're still stuff. doing that for the Super Bowl, by the way. Incredible. I mean, it's it, it's smart. It's business because they know that they don't have to mark up this stuff. So. I guess, okay, they fired a couple uh, people in the business side of things, and they think that's going to change 2019. That's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and it's it's so stupid because this is the second fan response question. He yeah. goes on again to say, our fans are passionate, and, you know, we hired these new uh, business ex- uh, executives, and everything. I can't even talk, yeah. that, but, you know, you know, these new business guys that are just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll do this, we'll, and they're going to bring a lot of enthusiasm and all this. The last guys were from the NFL office, and you brought them in. You fired them after six months. Yeah, like, like what, what? Or not even? Maybe not even six months. Yeah. What, what effect do you think that they had on the stadium attendance? I, I never seen. So, I never seen, seen someone with that high profile as as uh, Brian Lafamina. And, the other, and these other guys literally go in there who, I mean, like I said, they're so high profile that they go in there and they are giving literally less than six months to do their job and make an effect on a culture that is so toxic. Yeah. That coaches don't want to coach here. People yeah. are trying to leave. Look at Ben Kawika, the old special team. He said, hey, can I go interview for, a diff- for the exact same position at a different team? And they said, yeah, sure. And he goes out and he gets he gets the job. Uh, I think he's out in Tampa Bay. And, he, and he's in Tampa Bay. It's, it's like, like, what? How is that? Like, this is what it, it, what it makes no sense is that it's t- two fan questions now. And you've deflected both of them to the point where they're going to ask, I think, another fan question uh, at the end of the, the, the interview. It's like, you got to answer at some point something other than our fans are passionate and so am I. Like, it makes zero sense. Yeah, you can be passionate all you want. You shouldn't be, you should be passionate enough to speak to the media more than twice in, in 588 days. Yeah, and it also. For 15 it, minutes. The Redskins front office is also notorious at um, wrongfully lying about the attendance for these games, you know, oh, yeah. lying about sellouts and things like that uh, and attendance numbers. And they're notorious for that. And they've been called out on that. And like, it's time to be honest. Well, dude, that's the thing too, is going with what you just said, uh, Brian LaFamina and all these guys that he brought in his team that they ca- they came in and they were the ones that actually uh, made them say, you cannot say we're selling out. Cause obviously everyone yeah. knows that. So they said that to do that. They did. Finally. And then all of a sudden, they were the ones who actually had an agreement. You know, they had that whole entire ESPN 980 crap with Chris Cooley show and all that stupid stuff that no one ever listens to. Yeah. 106.7 The Fan is the D.C. sports premier radio market in this entire area. Yeah, they have the top ratings. They have the top ratings no matter what. And, they, and Brian LaFamina said, we cannot have a rivalry with them. We're not going to be able to catch them. So what they do, they say, hey, 
come broadcast in Redskins Park and we'll have a little relationship. That ain't going to happen anymore. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's like they did it for like four, 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 four or five weeks or whatever it was, and now that's going to be gone too. It's like, and supposedly what I heard later later in this week that they brought back the guys that were before those guys to be in the same roles. That's just insane. Like, what, what does that even mean? That comes down to Daniel Snyder and, and, and the ego ego trip that he and the organization has. He, he, can, he can control them. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, 100%. Nineteen. Was it about the previous business staff that they were not doing correctly or that was not properly engaging with the fans? I'm not going to get into that uh, in the personnel things uh, in the front office and all of that. But uh, I, I believe the, the people we've hired uh, are bringing an enthusiasm for our market that our fans are really going to appreciate. Same guys that were hired they were still here. But I do get it. It's not Bruce Allen's position to hire those people. So, like, you know. I, I will give him credit when credit's due. And, yeah, that, that's Daniel Snyder that that question should be directed towards, yeah. not, not Bruce Allen. He focuses on more the, the personnel and football side of things. All right. Tell us a little bit. Wins and losses are really what the accountability factor is to this franchise. What do you say for fans and supporters who asked about that accountability-wise via you specifically in your job? Well, we were seven and nine. Bold question. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the players seven and nine. It wasn't yeah. the coaches seven and nine. It was everybody was seven and nine. Uh, Doug and his staff, we have to find some better players. We have to find some healthy, better players to come in, and the coaches have to put them in the right position to win. Okay, so you're uh, describing We're football. in the middle of the pack, <laughs> and we've been in the middle of the pack the last uh, three the seasons. And it's, low end of the pack. It means you're close. It means you're close you're to close. being better. Close. And we have to find the right ingredients and, and the right chemistry like to do that. Yeah, I guess they were close. You know, seven weeks into the season, things they were close. They were looking pretty good. Unless you put together a complete football season, you're not close. Yeah, you could you could be you could win you can go seven and zero to start the year, but if you lose the rest of the games, you're not close. Yeah, to be close, you have to be in the playoffs. That's when you're close to make the playoffs. That means you're close to hey, maybe we're possible contention. And that's the funny thing too is that he says you know we're we're close, we're close, close guys. to what? We're close. And that's the thing is that he said we're close to being better. It's like, <laughs> what does that even mean? Close to being better? You should be better the very next year. You should be better better the very next game. Like you can yeah, have if you're close. Game. There's an upward trajectory. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a. And then, then he even says it himself. I, I don't know if it was that question or, or, or another question coming up. He says that we're close. I think it's, I think it's coming up. He says. We're close, and then all of a sudden he said we were two game or we were two games out this year. We were uh, one game out the year before. We were one game. Well, that's a downward spiral. You can't be one, one, then two. I mean, it's like he doesn't make any sense when he says we're close. You, you can't say we're close to being better. That makes zero sense. That's like literally the most like I, I, not even the most broad. That's like literally the most uh, specific thing you could ever say is we're close to being better. Okay, well you got to come out with some more specifics than that. And situation. if you're trying to say we're close to contending for like a Super Bowl, that's clearly not the case. Yeah. They're not close to that. Not even. If you're close to making the playoffs, I guess, yes. Well, making the playoffs every six years. But it's not really again, making the playoffs, yeah, yeah, making the playoffs, obviously, as we've seen with Dallas and some of these other teams, there's nothing, that, that, that doesn't help you. Just yeah. making the playoffs and losing in the first round doesn't help you. And that's kind of, I guess, what the Redskins are quote-unquote close to. Yeah. The fact that this team is close? Well, yeah, we're two games out of a playoff. Uh, and no matter how you want to look at the, the season, round. we were two yeah. games out of it. And the With year the before, we were one game out of it. And the year before, we were one game out of it. So we have, yeah, to, we have to find the right ingredients to get over that hump. And 
I think with the talent that we're seeing here today and what's going to be available in free agent and getting our players back healthy uh, bodes well for us. So there he does finally mention the possibility that they are looking at these college quarterbacks in free agency. It's actually a callback to one of the early questions in the interview that he didn't even answer. And now he's almost answering that question. And you notice he talked about it for a split second, and then he moved on to, well, it's also about getting guys healthy and things like that. But he did mention for a second that they're looking at the talent available, which they absolutely should be looking at. And there's nothing wrong with admitting that you're looking for it. You're not going to piss anybody off. You've had Colt McCoy on the roster for six years and given him, what, 18 starts or something like that. I mean, who are you offending by saying, yeah, Alex Smith, the guy's got freaking robot leg right now. (laughs) I mean, he's got Forrest Gump was more mobile. He's got literal metal keeping his leg Attached to his body, he, you're not going to offend him by saying we are need a quarterback. We are looking at the quarterback position. He touched on it for a sec, but yeah, again, like you said, is the team close? Okay, we yeah we lost. We we're one game out. We we're one game out. We're two games out. Yeah, you know. Okay, so is half the league. Yeah, I mean half the league is close. I guess if you want to use that context, I mean the Lions are close. <laughs> uh, you know, so the, are the Lions, Bills. Lions have actually made the playoffs over. You know, not not in the past couple seasons, but they had. They were quote unquote close, but am I better as a Lions fan uh, and a Redskins fan? As a Lions fan, am I, you know, <laughs> do I consider that team close to contending for a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. So, yeah, that's just, uh, God, this guy's just an Seriously. Idiot. He's just an idiot. And by the way, Greg, so. pause this real quick. Basically, uh, what we're talking about as well is that this interview was made uh, before today, Sunday, where supposedly the uh, uh, report that just came out that Alex Smith, uh, they're preparing to not have Alex Smith for the entire season. So yeah. just put that, take that into a question yeah, as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Dusky was in on the meetings with Bowles and, and Greg Williams and He's Wilkes? He's been in a lot of the interviews, yes. How does he go we into never, that? We never interviewed Wilkes. You did not interview Wilkes? No, I didn't know you guys said that. So, but like when in the Todd Bowles interview, what is that conversation like with Greg talking to another guy that's currently a, D, a defensive coordinator head coach type? Well, I'm going to I'm going to leave that profession to itself. Those are uh, private meetings, and uh, uh, once again, there's you a, brought there's, it up. There's more conversations going on with coaches around the league than probably has been reported. Uh, there's going to be conversations with coaches here tonight, um, and they might go back and see Jay, and Jay might come down here tonight. So uh, the, he will talk to probably another twenty to thirty coaches around the league. So. Again, we know, well, the report had come out, and we talked about it last show, that Daniel Snyder is the one that went in pursuit of Todd Bowles yeah. because he wanted Todd Bowles to come back. Yeah. Not Jay Gruden. Todd Bo- or, 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 uh, Daniel Snyder was the one that initially was, this is the report, initially wanted Todd Bowles to come back and, and begged him to come and interview. But what Bruce Allen is just revealing here <laughs> is that Jay Gruden... Greg Minuski were in the interview for, with Todd Bowles, who is a as as Bruce Allen says, head coach slash defensive coordinator type. So you have your Redskins head coach and your Redskins defensive coordinator interviewing a head coach defensive coordinator. And and the question that you know JP Finley was trying to get at is, you know, do you not see anything wrong with that? <laughs> and then yeah, I don't know. I don't get why. That would ever be the situation. And I think he kind of eats his own words too, because then he's like, "Oh wait, I didn't. Why did I say that?" Like, hey, like you can tell in a lot of these answers. Yeah. Like, 
I don't think, and they always call him a politician. I don't think a lot of politicians are sitting there <laughs> saying, let me think about my answer before I say anything. Like, you should know the answer. That's yeah, it. You just speak you, from, oh, <laughs> the only reason why you would have to think hard is because you're trying to spin it yeah, you're or you're lying. Yeah, exactly. Um, obviously, and, and again, we understand that the fans aren't going to know the exact 100% truth 100% of the time what the team's doing. Because some of it, it does have to be a little secret because you are competing against all these other football teams and you're trying to win games and all this stuff and maybe you're going after this guy and going after that guy. All we ask for is you to not be... Uh, you know, to not be so obvious when you're deceiving us, you know, or just make sense. And that doesn't make any sense. Having Greg Minuski interview the guy when we all know the report was the Redskins were looking for another defensive coordinator. They went out and interviewed. They didn't find any better options. And then they said, Greg Minuski, you're, you're keeping your job. And then it comes out per Bruce Allen that Greg Minuski was in those interviews with guys that were clearly there to interview for his job because we knew Dre, Jay Gruden wasn't going to be fired yep. at that point. So the only position that would it just it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing that Bruce Allen wouldn't even understand why it's mind blowing. I, I, I just I just don't get it, dude. And okay. like you said earlier, it's like it's like put it in any other job context. You know, it's you and your, you know, your, let's say you and your uh, manager yeah. are interviewing a guy for your position. Uh, obviously, that's weird. Yeah. That's like being the Walmart greeter and the, <laughs> the general manager of Walmart says, hey, you're getting kind of old. You yeah. know, you're kind of breaking down a little bit. Why don't you be in the meeting for somebody to take your job? For another you, greeter. You're just like, oh, what? Like so it's like it's like okay I guess I guess I'm fired like and then of course they don't hire any of these guys they don't want the job and he's yeah. still the defensive coordinator yeah because why would you want the job again we're halfway through the audio here again this is the Bruce Allen press conference um, that uh, happened what last week um, it was last uh, last Wednesday I think it was. Wednesday so yeah we're we're going through the audio here we're about halfway through where do things stand with Ruben Foster right now uh, clearly he's a, he cleared from Florida uh, the league is still. Uh, finishing their investigation of it. Uh, we finished our investigation with it. He's, he's working hard. He's healthy. And, and, and doing the things that we have mandated that he do in order to ever wear the burgundy and gold. Do you what still expect a uh, suspension of some sort from, from the league? And, and where do you see him fitting in X's and O's on your defense? Well, I, th- I think he'll fit in very well into our defense as, as a player. Um, I don't know why we would expect a suspension, but we'll let the league finish it. How did you evaluate the risk-reward when you decided to claim him? Uh, We discussed it. You know, we went back to the reports we had a year ago from him coming out of college. I think we had a a good sense of who the person was and uh, did did our own quick investigation of some of the facts that we had heard. And uh, we're gonna get to that, trust me. You know, we're fortunate that the the outcome was what somewhat anticipated. What Why were you confident that, that outcome was going to be that you were going to have a player that you could actually eventually put on the field? Well, it, it, I'll just say we did our homework on, on what we had to do on the on the player himself, and we know a lot of people who know him, and uh, we'll see. He's he still has a ways to go in order to get on the football field, but right now he's doing everything correct. So a lot there. Yeah. Um, so, I, again, I, I, the Reuben Foster stuff does come down to a situation that happens a lot in society where, you know, a guy gets accused of something um, or he's, you know, going to be 
uh, indicted on something or whatever the case may be. Uh, everybody kind of makes their decisions on it before any actual court ruling is handed down. And then in this situation, Reuben Foster case was dismissed um, and he wasn't found guilty of anything. Um, and, and now is in a situation where he could be playing for the Washington Redskins. The wacky thing with all this is, and we saw this with what, Zeke, with, with yep. Elliot, where yep. the NFL does their own investigation it's entirely separately, and there's quite a possibility that Reuben Foster will face a suspension to start the football yeah, season. Probably six games. After not even being found guilty in the court of law. Of anything. Well, the problem is also is that he's been in trouble multiple times yeah, for, I think, marijuana, for, sure. for guns, and for all For sure. Kind of and stuff, I'm not so. trying to dismiss that, yeah. for sure. But he didn't get, for this, he, Rune Foster should not be suspended if, 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 if he wasn't found guilty of anything. And I don't know what this separate investigation for, that the NFL is going to do that's going to uncover anything that, you know, what happened in the I th- courts. I think it's more so the NFL is trying to let players know that even if you're not found guilty, but you have some type of these charges that come down and they have some evidence, but they don't have enough evidence or this or that, whatever it may be, that I think they're just trying to set a precedent to try to tell people, hey, yeah. we're not going to let it, let this slide. And I think... If they do a suspension, it might be like the Zeke one last year where it was, where it was six games. And yeah, it's highly possible. I mean, I think six games is a little excessive if you're not yeah. found guilty. But at the yeah. same time, you know, I think, I think like three or four might be uh, more substantial. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, it just makes zero sense how you know he's wording these things because I think at one point uh, in that clip he he mentioned something of the oh yeah we did a we did a, a you know a brief event, a, a investigation or a small or something of that nature and he's it's like. Okay. Okay. And he, he's like, "Oh yeah, we know some people that know him." Yeah, you do, and they're on your roster that you played with him. And, and Sean Dion Hamilton played them. right next to him. John Allen played right yeah. next to him. Deron Payne was was younger, but he still played right next to yeah. him. It's like I don't, I don't understand. And these. you lied about talking to those guys. Yeah, they're which gonna, we'll get to in a sec. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I think it is one of those. I, there's there. I almost find it like an 85 percent chance the Redskins didn't do any sort of investigation no. of Reuben Foster. They maybe talked to a couple people. People, and that's considered an investigation. They saw a good football player. They wanted that football player. They were going to wait and gamble on it that he was going to be found not guilty, and that's what they did. I yeah. don't think they did any intense scrutiny about his character, things like that. I think it was a purely football decision. Yeah. In, in that statement, you indicated that you had talked to some of his Alabama teammates who were on the Redskins now, and many of them told us they had not spoken with you. Can you clarify that? Yeah, I'll cl- we, we do talk to our players quite a bit. Um, we don't want our players uh, discussing what we discuss with them. We've talked to them about players in this upcoming draft, and they, they won't discuss it. We talk to people at Alabama. But that's not we the question. A number of people. That's not the question. We talked to a number of people. He just said, you said that you talked to Alabama players, and he said, well, we don't. We tell them not to discuss what we would have discussed. Well, shouldn't they say that? Hey, we're not. I'm, yeah. I'm not in a position to talk about that. Like, Which when, is not what the when, players said. When Ha Ha Clinton Dix and when when John Allen were asked about this because they are Alabama players, when yeah. they were literally sat there and talked to reporters and they said, "Hey, what did they talk to you about? What what did they say to you? You know, what what kind of yeah. conversation? Oh, they didn't talk to us. Yeah, what, that's what they you said. Th- you think they're gonna? I mean, John Allen, who's an educated guy, is not gonna sit there and say, "Oh, we didn't talk to them." He's gonna say. I was told not to discuss that, so I'm not going to yeah. discuss it right now. And, and if, if that was the case, they, I mean, again, this is professional sports. You know, they have PR people for a reason. 
all they had to do was Bruce Allen had to tell the Alabama players, if they did indeed talk to them, say, hey, guys, if you get asked about, uh, you know, Reuben Foster, just say, look, this is, this is an internal matter. Like you said, it's an internal thing. We don't talk about our, our you know, our internal discussions here, and I, I'm just not going to comment on that. Yeah. But, no, the players straight up said he did not talk to us about yeah. this. Bruce Allen, his response to that here in this question is, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll clear this all up. So, well, you know. The, the funny thing about that, too, was was when they said, Oh, they, they didn't talk to you, and they said no. They repeated it. <laughs> like, yeah. They repeated the question to John Allen and to uh, Clinton Dix. On they said no, they didn't talk to us. And that, it's like, and Bruce <laughs> Allen here is not saying. Bruce Allen here is saying, um, you know, our, our players don't talk about our conversations um, and stuff like that. It, it's just, dude, come on. Yeah. What was your investigation into Ruben's uh, incidents, and um, what did you mandate that he do? You mentioned that he, you. Uh, not going to get into what we investigated, but we felt comfortable that we knew the player. And, and I should say I, we knew the person involved. And, Pause. And Ru- he said we were comfortable, we knew the player, and we knew the person. They got him on their roster within 24 hours of knowing his release. Yeah. So, so you, so you did an entire investigation. Not saying that he said that, but you did this entire, you know, thought process within 24 hours of him getting released from the 49ers. There's no chance. No, no chance, chance in hell that happened. He and Danny Snyder saw the name released. They probably thought to each other, you know, we know the optics on this probably won't look too good, but we can't pass up this guy. We're going to go get him, and yep. we're going to pretend like we conducted some big internal investigation. Again, just be honest. Be honest and say, look, we saw the name. We, we knew we couldn't pass up that sort of talent. We kind of figured, hey, look, you know, we're going to claim him now, and then we'll start to look, look yeah. into his past. We knew there was going to be a PR blowback, but yeah. we were willing to, to, to take on that part yeah, of that. You know, we, we were going to do our own, you know, our own investigation and, and all this stuff after, the, after that. And if it did, you know, again, you can release guys at any time. So, you know, they could have said, okay, we, we wanted to claim him so he wouldn't be taken by anybody else. We wanted to start, then we wanted to look into him. And if it was showing that, you know, our, our investigation was going to show he was not a good guy that we wanted, we would release him at that point. But don't pretend like you made all this decision before you, you, you signed him because that's clearly, you didn't have the time to do that. And has demonstrated uh, since he's been with us uh, that he wants to play football. He wants to do things the right way. He wants to be a valuable member, not only of the Redskins on the field, but off the field as well. And we'll see what happens with that. You guys, what, were some of the mandates that you all, what were some of the mandates that you all laid down for Ruben Foster in order to be a member of the team, to play for the team? Well, there's, there's a... We hold our players to a very high standard oh. with the Redskins. Oh. And, uh, we ask for a commitment that goes beyond uh, right there. the 60 minutes of a... Real quick, they said, or he just said that they hold their players to a higher standard. <laughs> so... Uh, now, I, I didn't really agree with releasing DJ Swearinger, but you let him talk four or five times in the media out loud. And, you know, there's, a, you know, there's only three strikes in baseball. They're not going give, to you know, give you, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a softball game. We're going to give you 17 strikes in a rec league. It's like, no, it's not like that. And the Redskins aren't looked at in the, in the league as being this Look high Look at Monte Nicholson ground. out there in one loud and punching people in yeah. the streets. This, like, isn't, this it, isn't looked at like that. Redskins are not looked at as an organization in that light. They're not, you know, as much as I hate the Patriots, you know, people talk about all the time, the Patriot way and things like that. I mean, and they're able to take these guys that are maybe troubled and turn them into, you know, good football players, blah, 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 all the bull, bull crap that goes along with Patriots. But, you know, there, there are certain teams in the league that are looked at as having that high kind of moral standard for their players, Packers, you know, things like that. Redskins are not in that category. Yeah. And that's just more, again, more BS from, from Bruce Allen. Football game and, 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 
Ruben understands what he has to do, and he's been doing it every day. So, yeah. So, again, this is typical uh, PR lines being thrown out there about, you know, the guy wants to be part of this organization. Yeah, he's getting better. He's going to be better. He's made promises to us, blah, blah, blah. You had said a couple of years ago that you viewed the new stadium as a 10-year process. You're well inside that time frame now. Do you, do you have any updates to report on that? Well, we've been having great dialogue, once again, with all the uh, leaders, the governors and the mayor, um, and we haven't come to a, a final conclusion yet. Uh, but we want what's best for our fans. Uh, this stadium isn't going to be just for a few years. This is a, this is a lifetime uh, commitment for the Redskins. It's it's going to be where the Redskins will play for 50 years, and our goal is to build the best sports stadium in the world, and uh, we believe that's going to happen. You guys released drawings a few years ago with the boat. Uh, is that still what you anticipate the stadium looking like? No, oh, that's that's that 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 changed a few years ago. As soon as it appeared at 60 minutes, it changed. <laughs> think that a stadium could get. Hold on, we'll pause for a sec. So, so yeah, so the stadium questions come up again, and this is something that, you know, and he says all the time that, you know, working hard with the governors and mayors and things like that. You know that those are probably once in every six-month type meetings um, where they get together for an hour or two, and they kind of throw some stuff out there. Here's the latest on this. All right, see you in another six months. I mean, neither side is working particularly hard to move the Washington Redskins right now. it's, all, it's always the same kind of hype that comes up every couple of years, I feel like, where they'll throw out some, ooh, maybe it'll be put in Loudoun County, or you know, maybe the stadium's going to be put more into, towards the city of D.C., or they're going to find some patch of land there. or you know, It's the same conversation that happens every couple of years. Nothing has changed. There's been no sign of this team moving whatsoever. Um, it's, just, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where this is what we've been hearing for years. Yep. Nothing new there. And by the time the lease is up at FedEx? Yeah, that's, that's feasible, yes. Bruce, it's optimism. been a few years since uh, the departure of Scott McLuhan. Is that general manager role something that will get filled, or, or do you like the current power structure with Kyle and Eric and Doug and, and everybody in charge on the personnel side? Uh, we got a lot of confidence in Doug and, and, and his entire department. PR yeah. yeah, Alex running the pro department and Kyle running the, the college department. Uh, Doug doesn't want uh, to negotiate contracts. Uh, that's not his forte. He's a he's a great leader of men, and oh, he's got a, a, a super line. eye for talent. So we feel comfortable with our our department right now. By all means, you can be a le- uh, or a uh, excuse me a uh, good eye for talent and all that stuff, but. You know, trotting him out there after the Reuben Foster thing, saying small potatoes and, and all this stupid stuff that he's taking bullets for Bruce Allen and, and, and so on and so forth. It's literally like the next man up is going to be the guy that, 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 that takes the bullets. So you got Dan Snyder. He puts Bruce Allen out there taking bullets every two years, apparently, yeah. and, and, and just with the media, even when he's not talking. And then you have uh, What's-His-Face, Doug Williams, come out there, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, small potatoes and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I misspoke. I have eight daughters or whatever the heck he said. And then all <laughs> All of a sudden, now you see him say, like, oh, you know, just uh, I, I like the power. I, I, I like I like what's going on. You know, we have a great staff. You know, it's like 
people always say we have a great staff, but when your product is going down the tube, you don't have the support. You don't have the the, the, the demand is not there for the supply that you have. Yeah, it, it's like I mean that's it's business right there. Supply and demand. You don't you give the supply out there. They're not the demand's not there because they don't want to be your fans. And it's like right there. Oh, we like what we're doing. It's like, who cares? Like it's like oh my god. Take some accountability. He's a great leader of men. You know, you know who's a great leader of men? Hulk Hogan because he yeah. led the NWO and 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 absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> It's like take some accountability. Take some accountability. Say, look, you know, uh, this 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 power structure right now. Okay, this guy, yeah, he doesn't like doing contracts. Okay, well then he doesn't deserve the job. Yeah. Then then that then that's just not going to be the find somebody that can handle the contracts, can handle the personnel side of things as a GM should be doing. Yep. And find somebody to fill that role. If you yourself, Bruce Allen, doesn't want to, you know, handle that role, find somebody that can do it. Don't have three different guys doing all these different parts of the job when really the job should be handled through one guy. It just doesn't make any sense because it's not like this current structure is helping this team get any better yeah. or win football games. It's just not. Can we talk about a few of the actual players then approaching free agency? Preston Smith, Crowder, Adrian Peterson. Have you guys started conversations with any of those guys? Eric has started some conversations. Uh, usually those. As you know, heat up closer to the combine and in that period, maybe when other teams start to tamper. Other teams start to tamper, I said. Uh, but uh, he's, he started some dialogue, but uh, it's early. <laughs> See, the, the funniest thing is I keep laughing at this press conference because, number one, I think it's kind of dumb, but also the sole fact that I, I, I'm seeing your reactions for like the very first time, which is hilarious. And it just makes me laugh because it's like, yeah, we, we talked to them a little bit, you know. Uh, you know, it's going to start heating up though in free agency. We, you don't want them to get to free agency if you're going to be talking to them. No, that's exactly why <laughs> those conversations would be happening now. Because, <laughs> I, why would you wait till the combine if you want to try to keep the guys? It, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, I understand what he means by we're going to wait till the combine because yeah. maybe some guys stand out that you might want to pick or whatever it may be. But it's like you're not going to sit there and say like, okay, yeah, they, they we talked to him a little bit, uh, but you know we'll start heating up the discussions a little bit later. We 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 briefly asked them, say, hey, do you want to be here? And they said no. Okay, well we'll we'll talk to you about it a little bit later. You know, it's like <laughs> okay, well let's let's just wait and see. That's I, I hate I hate the whole entire let's wait and see. You know, you know, you know, one step forward, two steps back type of type of approach Bruce, Bruce going back to something like the trade that you guys made for Alex who are the people that are involved in that kind of decision this is hilarious. you know the Alex trade was one of those uh, no brainers uh, we first met with the coaching staff uh, the offensive coaching staff and I believe Greg Minuski was in the meeting and Makes sense. talked about the different options last year there was a lot of free agent quarterbacks uh, who were going to be available uh, we talked about our current situation, and uh, it was unanimous that they wanted Alex Smith. We met with the personnel department in the same way, and it was uh, unanimous we wanted Alex Smith, but there was a problem. You had to trade for Alex. He wasn't going to be a, a free agent, and uh, we felt very fortunate that we were able to work out a trade for Alex. So <laughs> the question was around who was, was involved yeah, exactly. in the Alex Smith trade. The answer was... We all sat down. We said we wanted Alex Smith. We had he wasn't coaches. a free agent. 
So we couldn't sign him that way. <laughs> Instead, we knew we would have to trade for him. Which makes sense because he said that there's a lot of these free agent guys out there. But they decided they wanted to trade a valuable asset in Kendall Fuller, who was on a Chiefs team that went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... For a guy that's going <laughs> to... Yeah, for, yeah for, for a guy that's <laughs> old, you gave a boatload of money for, instead of signing like a guy like Teddy Bridgewater or whatever and not paying for that. And now look at the situation. Who at least has higher upside potential than Alex Smith throwing for 120 yards in a game. So you could you could sign any of those free agents. Yeah. And, and, and Okay, I understand like, you know, you want to have a, a veteran come in there, but you gave away a third-round pick which is a valuable pick for the most part because some third-round picks are pretty damn good. And Kendall Fuller, who was a first-round talent, but because of his injury history at Virginia Tech, which I know a lot about, he ended up going in the third round. And I just didn't understand that whatsoever because look at our secondary this year. We sucked. Josh Norman. Kendall Fuller was the next Josh Norman for our team, next shutdown corner. Quentin Dunbar would have been the number two, and you had Kendall Fuller number one with Josh Norman. And you could have no-brainer and have uh, no-brainer, as he says, and get rid of Josh Norman this year, save cap space, and not have to worry about because you have Kendall Fuller on a rookie contract. I would have much rather the Redskins have gone after a free agent quarterback uh, in that situation rather than trade those types of assets. And then now, obviously, you can't predict injuries, uh, but still, you know. Now your predicament is you got an aging quarterback yeah. who has pins in his legs yeah. that is not going to be here next, for next year, most likely, might retire. And you're, you're, in, you're in dead cap space pretty much. You got a quarterback situation where you have so many other needs. I mean, you're going to you be wasted. Re- you wasted the, those, those, uh, the picks and, and, the, and the assets that you traded. You wasted them. Yep. That's exactly what happened. And again, you can't predict injuries, but it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Just going back to the stadium. Oh, here's this freaking guy. What's your level of optimism of being able to get into the RFK site? What? Well, that's that's really um, a stupid question. The city <laughs> and the and the federal government uh, working on a lease before we can actually discuss that. That's a uh, again clearly this. I don't know who that guy. <laughs> I don't is. know who he is either. I don't know who he is. Clearly, inexperienced reporter. Yeah, a young guy. And, and I think one of the issues that you'll see sometimes with these younger reporters is, um, you know, they have a set number of that they have set questions that they write down like beforehand that, hey, I know I want to ask these questions and they will force them in to situations where the subject has moved on. The from stadium that. was three minutes ago. And, and if, if, if the stadium conversation has moved on, you cross that question off your list. And I, I didn't get to get to it. He talked about it a little bit. So I at least have some content yep. just because I didn't ask the question. But now you clearly have this guy where, OK, let me go to my question three here. I want to ask you about the stadium. I don't care where we are. <laughs> in the conversation. I'm going to make sure to ask this. I don't care there's three minutes left. In the I'm end. clearly 15 years old. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, yeah. No one commented about that, too. When I saw a ton of people you know, breaking down this presser, I didn't, no one commented about this one reporter who I have no idea, no recollection of the uh, of the, the, the voice or whatever, and he's talking about the RFK site literally 14 minutes into the interview, the first interview in 588 days. Yeah. There, again, the, the, the Redskins Stadium situation is really not on that important. Right now, it's, it's really it's on the third back burner on the grill. The Redskins situation is they have a quarterback with a broken leg and they don't have really good option there in that position. We've got a defensive coordinator interviewing other defensive coordinators <laughs> for his job. We got a head coach who's clearly underqualified. We've got guys leaving out the wazoo uh, that that apparently the Redskins are going to wait four months to talk to to try to keep them to stay. You know, there's a lot more issues to talk about <laughs> than the RFK side and, uh, playing it. The garbage heap that was RFK. Obviously, they wouldn't play at the same stadium. They would yeah. rebuild it, but still. Okay, all right. We're all going to get to 
park in the gravel parking lot again, I guess. Literally, they stadium. talked about the stadium. Literally, I have it right here. New stadium updates at 1128. That question was asked at 427. Three minutes after. Yeah. That was four questions 1427. ago. 1427, yeah. yeah. Four, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. yeah four, that was four questions. Four, four questions ago. I mean, come on now, kid. Get, 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 get it together. Dude, you're, you're talking to, to Bruce Allen, who we haven't heard, who's, who's been hiding underground for 600 days. He just has buried out of his hole. <laughs> We're going to hold him up. We're going to see if he sees his shadow. Otherwise, it's going to be five more years of no playoff appearances. Uh, and, and you're deciding to ask about the RFK Stadium, that piece of garbage heap that is that area of, of RFK. And, yeah, obviously, it would be great if the team moves there. I mean, that would be great. But I don't care about that right now. Idiot. <laughs> You've got around $21 million in cap space right now. Do you anticipate making yeah, a, lot of money. a bunch of moves here in the next few weeks to increase that? And what, what do you think the number might be Target. going into free so, agency? Uh, once again, you'll get a clearer picture on that around the combine. Uh, Thank you. Got to wait till we're going to evaluate the players. We're still finishing the evaluation on this season on, on our current players. What's there to evaluate? Uh, uh, Alex Santos and Doug have already started to rank the free agents available. We'll start to look at who we think fits into what we want to do offensively, defensively, and uh, then we'll we'll know our cap room much better. We've been ranking free agents now for four months. Yeah, so I say the season's been done. First of all, you're not waiting till the end of the season to start ranking free agents. You know this information beforehand for the most part about what guys' contracts are going to be up. Um, second of all, the Redskins season has been done for, what, three weeks now? Four weeks yep. at this point? So, I mean, I assume, I would hope that those guys have been doing this for the last four weeks. And uh, it just seems like there's no sense of urgency um, or any speed at which the Redskins are going to be doing any of these actions. And, you know, I get it. You know, the, the, the Super Bowl hasn't even happened yet, so we're not even technically into the offseason for next year. But, hey, when you're not in playoff contention anymore and, and you're out of it and you're not, you know, you're not playing meaningful football anymore, that's, you're starting next season's conversations even when you're still in the regular season of that current season. You're not waiting for that season to end to start thinking about the next season. That's so. why I love the question by Tark is because literally you look at the cap space, that's a huge problem because we've heard rumors of, of uh, Mason Foster, of Zach Brown, of Josh Norman, like all these guys getting possibly released. Yeah. And it's like you look at it, it's like that's a great question. And all of a sudden he says, well, you know, we're, we're going to get into that more towards the combine. So, like these guys have heard these things like, oh, uh, okay, you know, you, think, you don't think Mason Foster, who is on social media all the time apparently, cussing yeah. out fans and all that stuff, yeah. doesn't see his name on there saying we might cut this guy to save cap room. You don't think that you've talked to him about it or he's brought it up to you or anybody else and that's I mean you got you got to give some answers yeah you got to be able to again just give us something yeah. give us something. give us something Bruce get, I want to go back to the fan discontent for a minute because the message you're giving here is we're, we're this close we're seven and nine we're very close to the playoffs uh, you guys online there's a number of things including a hashtag fire Bruce Allen and I, I know that's not the first time you've experienced that in your career what what's the disconnect there between how the fans feel and how you feel well, we're, I see our standings. We're seven and nine. Yep. We went through said uh, that. some heartbreaking injuries for the players. Um, if we can keep our, our team together, I, I think they saw a good football team. Uh, I know we were in where we were at, at through ten games, and we have to learn to finish the season. It's 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 no different than the the previous year, not winning the last game of the season, the last couple of years. It's it's. It's heart-wrenching to everyone. Uh, the passion of our fans is fantastic. Again, that's the fifth They time. want us to win. Yeah. Uh, we hear from them. 
they I know uh, I know exactly what they want. They want to win football games, and, yeah. and that oh, is our we job. Want. Try and find yeah. a way to win these football games. So, I think uh, one of the things there again is look, you know, the fans at some point injuries. I mean, the fans get it for the most part, but at the same time, you know, you're not just going to be able to pacify the fans every year by just saying, well, we had a bunch of guys get hurt, and that's why we're not going to be in contention. At some point, there is, okay, what next? What's the plan for when these guys go down? The Redskins at the quarterback position were relying heavily on a veteran Alex Smith with a Colt McCoy behind him that has not really shown anything that great. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a pretty solid backup, but... You know, he, is he the best backup in the NFL? No. Uh, you know, they, they, they had and they had their all all the chips that were in on a veteran Alex Smith, a veteran Adrian Peterson, who luckily lasted the whole season without any major injuries, but could have easily been hurt at his age and a guy who had, hadn't really been playing meaningful football. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there has to be some contingency plans. There has to be some some backup plans rather than well, these couple guys got hurt. Um, you know, uh, the fans get it. You know they're they're going to be okay because every single team deals with major injuries uh, every year. I mean, the Eagles had a backup quarterback lead them to a Super Bowl. I mean, obviously that's not going to Redskins aren't in that position to have that great of a backup quarterback, I guess. Yep. But at the same time, every team deals with this stuff. The key in the NFL is okay. Now what? Next man up. What do we do now? What what are our plan B, plan C, plan D options here? Because the sport is so brutal that these guys are just getting killed every single game on the field. We have to have next man up mentality. How are we yeah. going to get that done? The Redskins cannot continue to blame it on injuries uh, every single year on why they can't contend. Cause it's not, they didn't have these types of injuries last year with Kirk cousins being there, you know, their, their well, quarterback. That's and the thing like is they that. had, they had these injuries last year, but they still had a starting quarterback that, I mean, yes, you can say, what do you want about Kirk cousins in Minnesota and all that kind of stuff right now. But at the same time, they had injuries, but they still had the starting quarterback was still playing. He was still throwing for over 4,000 yards. Yeah. It's like you had two different tails of the tape here for both last year and this year. Yes, injuries played a big part. I mean, and, and obviously they've all talked about, oh, should they get a new you know, health guy or all, this, all, all these trainers and all that kind of stuff. That, that's different. But you look at it, it's like they didn't have their fourth-string quarterback out there last year. And they finished basically almost the exact same record, one game out of, out, out of the playoff spot and all this kind of stuff. And it's like – what is the, the 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 meaning behind all this stuff? And I love when he when they asked about fire Bruce Allen because that hashtag has been going on for the last like two yeah. three years. And like you know, ask Ernie seen, Grunfeld over at the Wizards. Yeah, 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 fire He's, Ernie. That's, that's there too. It's it's so funny because you look at it and it's like that has to be a big factor in this whole entire fan discontent thing is your job. And when you come out here, that's in the press conference, in my opinion, has not helped him because of the sole fact that people still want you fired because you're not telling him anything. Like if you went out there and legit said, you know what, Alex, you know, all the stuff about Alex Smith that we already talked about, but then stuff about, you know, uh, the accountability of his job. Say, I know I'm not doing a great job right now. I know I'm not on point. I need to, I need to better myself and I need to do this. I need, I need to, you know, some self accountability. Yeah, what, what we're going to do is we're going to help out this with the stadium and, and all that kind of stuff. Before we get the new stadium, we're going to do this with the stadium. We're going to lower our prices. You know, give us some good content. I yeah. mean, if you're not having fans out there that, that obviously they're not buying your stuff anyways, if you have – I mean, it basically equals out having no fans there to buy your, you know, pricey stuff or having fans there to buy your low pricey stuff, you're probably making a little bit more money. So it's like, you know, it's a, it's a good business decision. But at the same time, it, it, you just look at it and you're just like, this is just dumb. Yeah. 
We yeah, got one, one last, question to go. Yeah, one last year. Given the record under your tenure, given the fan discontent right now, why do you think you're the right person to lead the organization going forward? Why am I the right person? Uh, I'm, I share their passion for this franchise. I share the pa- passion for the passion. Uh, the things that we can accomplish. And uh, we're going to get this whole organization believing in it. <laughs> That's not why there you, you should be saying you're the best you know, guy for that job. It's not just about being passionate. It's, 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 you know, saying, you know, I have the right, I, I have the right guys in place and, and for things that I'm not doing well in right now, I've got steps to prepare to be able to get better at those things. I know what our issues are. I'm working on trying to fix them, you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm the guy who's been involved with this team for the last, however many years, um, which makes me in the position to know the types of issues that we've had over that time period. I'm trying to change the culture, blah, blah, blah. There are so many better things to say in that situation. And I know it might have been a surprising question, but it shouldn't really be. expect that kind of question, though. When your job is, uh, you know, clearly should be on the line, even though it's not somehow, um, where, you know, you should be and be able to defend your job at work, uh, mm-hmm. whether you're the you're Bruce Allen or whether you're Joe Schmo working down at the docks. I mean, you should be able to defend. Yeah, I'm 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 a good guy for this position for X, Y, and Z. Just saying you're passionate about what you're doing is not enough. Yeah, and that's the thing is you look at uh, the, the entire uh, you know I guess you could say that entire question as a whole and say like you have to give some other type of content. Like I said millions of times throughout this press conference, other than saying. Oh, I share the passion. Our fans are passionate. This, uh, like, okay, saying you're passionate, saying the fans are passionate, saying all these types of things is those are just words. Yeah. Like, you got to give them some 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 uh, validity in the sense of having that that content there that people can look at and dissect a little bit rather than just saying some outlandish broad thing that is like, okay, sweet, you know, you're passionate. Okay, thank you for letting us know that you're the right man to do. Like, literally, Grant and Danny on um on Grant and Danny on one of the fan, they said like. You know, if you're passionate about something, that I guess that's that's what your jobs nowadays. Like, you show us your credentials, show show us what you've done, what you've accomplished, all this kind of stuff. Like, I'm passionate. Does that mean I can I can go out there and be you know the the bench coach for the Nationals because I'm passionate? No, it's yeah. I mean it's like you know I would love to go be a coach for the Nats, but I'm not gonna be because I'm not, I, I don't have enough passion apparently. Yeah, or something like that. It just makes zero sense to have something like that be said. No, it's and that uh, again we you know we went a little long there, but. Gave you guys a good, uh, you know, idea of you know what you know what went what went down in this in this press conference, and we did dissect um, a lot of this press conference. And it did take a little while, but yeah, but it's okay. It was a lot of content. I mean, yeah. that's that's the thing. I Who mean, cares if it's a long episode? Because you know, give yeah. give the people. I mean, especially if you didn't get to hear the press conference itself. Yeah. I mean, the press conference was seventeen minutes. So sitting there listening to seventeen minutes and dissecting every single question, so it takes a little while. Yeah, man. for sure. So we hope you enjoyed us uh, discussing that again. We'll see kind of what what goes down here, Redskins land. Um, over the next couple weeks, and then obviously Super Bowl coming up next weekend. So we'll quickly transition. We'll run through some caps. We'll run through some wizards. But let's first start with again the the successful franchise here <laughs> in the district, the Washington Capitals. Eller for the draw, and as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. It's not a dream. 
and on to the Washington Capitals after that hour and 10 minutes or whatever it was for the Bruce Allen uh, presser. This will be obviously a little bit shorter of a segment, obviously, because the NHL has gone into their all-star break, which no one really cares about, um, except for the fact that John Carlson won the fastest slap shot, which is pretty impressive. But that's all the Caps have been winning as of late. They have lost. Oh, man, they've lost a crisp seven games in a row heading in to the All-Star break. And I tell you, they lost two in overtime out of those seven. We understand that. But you have to look at the Sharks game as being the biggest, or I guess you could say the straw that broke the Camels back. Because of the sole fact, they were up 6-4. to four. The Sharks came back in the third period. And then it was literally 5-6 to six uh, caps and the Sharks scored with literally one second to go and they ended up losing in overtime. The Caps did, which that was two points. Yes, you got one, but that was going to be a crucial two points to try to get off the schneid of losing, you know, previous five straight. So literally ever since that Bruins game in Boston at TD Garden, winning four to two, then you also had the, the win against the Flyers, the win against the Red Wings. I mean, you, you had some wins in a row. I mean, you won four of the last five before this this seven-game losing streak, which, I mean, that was great. But now, ever since the Columbus loss in OT on the 12th, it's just gone straight downhill. And, uh, you know, we've heard multiple outlets saying, is it time to hit the panic button? How worried are you? This and that. And we even talked about it last week on our show uh, of the sole fact that, Hey, you know, when is the right time to say this is not going to be, you know, a good sight later in the playoffs or excuse me, later in the season? And you asked me that and I said it's going to come down to these next, you know, six games at home. But overall, uh, I'm a little worried, Ben, because I even said it. Remember when I said it two weeks ago when I when I told you, I said, I think they went for their next six to go into the All-Star break. Uh, that was obviously when they were, you know, playing pretty well hockey. Uh, and all of a sudden they go in, they let. Four to the to, to the Blues. They let seven to the Preds, two to the Islanders, eight to the Blackhawks, who were having a down year, seven to the Sharks, and six to the Maple Leafs. That's right there. 36 to 18. <laughs> that's 36 goals, 36 man. 36 goals. Out, out getting outscored by 18. I mean, that's one thing, but you scored 18 yourself. I mean, scoring 18 in six games uh, is, is, is one thing. But it's like you look at it, it's like that, that's three goals a game, and then all of a sudden you're, you're giving up. Over twice that, you're going to have pretty much six goals a game or, or or something of that nature. But it's like, why? I mean, why Why did this train just go right off the rails and, and end up having this huge losing streak where the defense can't stop anybody? Uh, Hopi is having one bad night, uh, so he's getting blamed for a game here or there. Copley is having a couple bad nights. And then the defense just leaving him out to dry here and there. They're scoring a lot of goals. I mean, ever since the Islanders game, they scored five, six, and three. I mean, right there, it's 14 goals in three games. Yeah. That should be good enough to get you three wins. You would think, and again, this time last month, the Caps were in the midst of their 16-3-0 run. Yep. Uh, and now they've won three of their last 13 games at 3-7-3. Three, three. And, yeah, I mean, uh, Todd Rudin was asked about this. He was saying, you know, that, that there's you know, some mental lapses going on. Our detail is, is not there. Uh, you know, the five-on-five five has just been completely not there over the last month. He was asked about it. He said, you know, it's caught up with us. Um, 
you know, we 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 had we got away with it in that 16-3 stretch, and things were going our way, and they're not going our way right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's just no real parts of their games that's been super strong here of late. I mean, yeah, they put up 14 goals over the last three games. That's that's good, but you can't give up 36 or you know whatever the case is. So uh, it's it's weird because you've got a lot of the major guys are, are on the ice with Oshi and Ov and and all these guys are playing, but like you said, Hopi hasn't been that sharp. The penalty break hasn't been that sharp. Uh, you know, it's 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 been rough. And, yeah, and, and, and yeah, and, and also they also had the PKs uh, have been you know wishy washy here and there, but their 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 power play has been awful. Their power play, I mean, yeah. as of late, you know, the past couple of games, it's it's gone a little bit better. But literally, in those like five games before that or whatever, they they were like one of thirty or something like that. Yeah. This used to be one of the top three, four, five power plays. I guess you could say top five power plays in the last five years. Yeah. And you look at it. They're 10th right now in power play. but That was a lot due to the early season. Exactly. Too. I was about to say, I, I think that's pretty much all has to do with the early season. So that's, so that's where they sit in power play percentage. And penalty kill percentage, the Caps are way down at the bottom at 24 out of 31 teams yep. uh, at killing at 77.3% of penalties. So that's, that's not good. Uh, and then we know, you know, shots against per game and other stat, they're very low in the league at that at 21 penalty kill percentage. Um, again, they, uh, are, are down at, I, I think I just said that the 24 on there. So, yeah. so yeah, they're, they're, they're not trending up, uh, right now. in a lot of these kind of key, key aspects. And now they find themselves, you know, somehow still, in the playoff mix, uh, obviously in the Met uh, at, at uh, sixty points, um, but but yeah, Mike, I think as we talked about this a little bit last show, this break and how they come out in February is going to basically decide their season. I mean, this yeah. home stretch to start the month is probably the biggest stretch of hockey that this team will play this whole season. Yeah, and that's the funny thing too is that you look at the injuries uh, playing a, a factor as well. I mean, over the last, I guess you could say, over the last month or so. You know, you've had uh, Brooks Orpik has been injured, Matt Niskanen, Dmitry Orlov, uh, and, and Christian Juice as well. So those are, you know, high-profile defenders on our defense. And, and, you know, the chemistry isn't there any, right now. I should say anymore, but isn't there, you know, pretty much at all because of the sole fact you look at these teams and they're just really strug or not teams, uh, lines, and you, they're, they're just really struggling uh, with having that chemistry, with having that 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 you know know how of okay, I need to be here when this guy's here or whatever it may be. If you're switching up lines left and right, and then you know if the goalie has an off night, Copley or Hopi, whichever one it is, uh, then obviously your D has to bail you out, and they have yet to do that whatsoever. And that's the biggest thing is you know you look at the the, the goal scoring, like I mentioned, they're scoring goals, but they just can't get the defensive production, and that's a whole team effort too. And Reardon knows that now because he came out with a press conference the other day and he said, you know, uh, it was a big fact that he knows what's going on and he needs to have everyone be accountable uh, for, you know, bad defensive breaks and stuff of that nature. But like you said, this next little homestand they got coming out, which starts on Friday. Um, so they got a little bit of a break, which is nice. They got another four days uh, to relax and, and, and try to recoup a little bit before they have uh, pretty much a game every other day until the 11th. Uh, where they have to play um, back-to-back from L.A. and Columbus. So really, when you look at it, 
Uh, like you said, this homestand of six games is a real, real big deal. You got to come out against Calgary without Alex Ovechkin with his one-game suspension sitting out of the All-Star game. Uh, then you got to play Boston at a 12:30 start. At least it's at home, but it's still 12:30 start. Then you got to play Vancouver, Colorado, uh, and Florida uh, to end out that week uh, before you have the LA Kings and you start going on the road a bunch. So. Really, Ben, you have to look at it once they get to that 11th. So basically two weeks from now, they got six games. Two weeks span, you got six games. If they don't win at least four of those games, you have to hit start thinking about hovering over that panic button like uh, Baby Groot did in Guardians of the oh, Galaxy yeah. number two. Nice, nice reference there. You, you do see movies. Yep. So, so while one team <laughs> is trending down in the Washington Capitals, another team, surprisingly, somehow <laughs> is trending up. Beal again gets an angle, throws it off the glass, and scores! He's been phenomenal! Warren's third of the game, we're tied at 144. Beal, nice move, lays it up, and scores! Oh my, 40 points for Bradley Beal! So the Washington Wizards somehow surprisingly, are now one spot away from playoff contention. The Wizards have gone 6-4 and in their last 10. They're coming off of a a nice win the other night, uh, and they play uh, San Antonio here tonight as we record the show here on Sunday. Um, So another opportunity for them to to keep moving up. They beat the Magic by 4, 95 to 91, behind 27 points from Bradley Beal. 27, 7 assists, 6 rebounds. He had a big game out of Jeff Green with 24 points. Thomas Sadorensky at the point guard position, almost a double-double in 9 and 8. And then he had Otto Porter putting up 10 and 6 rebounds off the bench. Again, the, the Wizards... So, uh, Leonsis actually was had kind of a mini press conference um a week or so back as well. It's funny because he talked about Bruce Allen, his press conference. So, and he was asked a little bit about kind of the, the position of the wizards and kind of what the game plan here is moving forward. And the impression that we all have right now with the Washington wizards, Mike, is that they're basically kind of waiting and seeing how the next week or so goes. And if this team is trending up, they're not going to seemingly, they're not going to be making any major moves. Um, but if the Wizards start trending down, they lose some games here and there, and it looks like, you know what, we're, we're just not in contention for the playoffs, then they will aggressively shop Otto Porter's contract, yeah. is, is the report that came out, that Bradley Beal is not on the table whatsoever, and Otto Porter is kind of a wait-and-see situation. You also have some other contracts that, you know, Jeff Green and things like that that are also possible wait-and-see guys. Because let's keep in mind, and we, we've mentioned it before on the show, I believe the Wizards only have maybe four to five guys that are going to be still on contract after this season. The rest of the team are not on the books um, past this year. So, you know, and, and a lot of those guys are guys like Dwight Howard, who, God, what a terrible, terrible mistake <laughs> that was this season. The guy played in, what, 10 games, maybe? If that. And then, and, and, you know, you have John Wall, who's hurt and, and, and you know, about to get his Supermax and all this stuff. So, And the Redskins will – or, sorry, the Redskins. The Wizards, I believe I read, may go down in history as the most expensive 
losing team in NBA league history with the amount of money that they have spent on these guys to be finishing where they are. Um, they may be go d- going down as a team that has spent the most money for the most losses, uh, like I said, in, in league history. So, yeah, but they've been winning lately, Mike, and that's kind of the interesting thing. Six and four in the last ten, you beat the Magic. You're in the nine seed now. Um, you know, it's uh, we're kind of in the wait-and-see mode here yeah, and over that, the next couple games. And that's the thing. They're eight and five since John Wall has been out. And that's pretty good. I mean, honestly, you look at it, out of those 13 games, uh, Trevor Ariza is only leading the team in points in three of those games out of the 13. So 10 games, Bradley Beal has led the team in points. And then, obviously, you look at guys like Thomas Bryant. He's been a beast as well. Uh, I mean, he's had, out of those 13 games that I mentioned, he's had about three or four that he's had double-digit rebounds. And, and, you know, you look at the assist situation here, Sadoransky, Ariza, Beal, uh, surprisingly, Mahimi, and, uh, and that's pretty much it. Out of those guys, they've all been in, in the in the Everybody Eats campaign here where, you know, you have uh, Wall not leading the assist numbers every single night, getting his 9 to 10 assists uh, because of the sole fact that everyone's getting the ball, everyone's distributing. I mean, 21 and 27, we can take that. Obviously, the Golden State, everyone knew they were going to lose that one, but three of their last four, I mean, they won in London against New York. Yeah. Against your uh, Pistons uh, at Orlando, which is, again, another game they should win. Uh, they won uh, against the giannis uh Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they lost a double overtime against Toronto. Think about it. If they didn't lose against Toronto, I mean, they would they would win six of their last seven games. So when you look at it, it's, it's a pretty big deal uh, that, that they're playing this well. I mean... Bradley Beal came out and said, hey, you know, we're, we're making the playoffs. Listen, FYI, you know, we're, we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, do we really want to hear that? No, uh, <laughs> because of how bad they've played. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's like you're playing well now uh, without, you know, your number one paying guy, John Wall. But at the same time, it really, it's like, hey, it, it's fun to watch some good basketball now because, like, everyone said, are they going to be tanking when literally it was no joke? 10 games in the season are like, oh, okay, we're going to be tanking for the next 72 games. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, I, I just don't get that uh, when it's that early and you don't want to hear that. But at the same time, I think the San Antonio game, which again, like you mentioned, uh, the game tonight as we're recording this, that'll be a big, tall test to see how they are playing against the Greg Popovich team. That's always very, very well coached. And the schedule's pretty friendly to them going forward. I mean, Cleveland's terrible. They play them twice in the next couple of weeks. Indiana just lost Victor Oladipo for the season yeah. uh, with a, a terrible injury. So he's not going to be playing Uh, Milwaukee. That's going to be tough, but Atlanta's not good. Cleveland's not good. Chicago's not good. Detroit's been struggling. Uh, You know, they've got Indiana again. They've got Brooklyn. I mean, this is a pretty friendly February for for the Wizards. So, you know, if they're still kind of waiting and seeing how, you know, the next month goes, well, this should look pretty favorable for them. I mean, at the end of February, they should be in playoff contention. They should be in the eight or seven spot at that point. And if they're not, then, yeah, I think it's definitely time to talk about shipping out some contracts there um, and possibly moving out of Porter, who, funny enough, is playing some of the best basketball he's been playing for the Wizards, and he's off coming the off bench. the bench. Yeah. Uh, I believe his production is up, considering, uh, you know, in, in, in comparison to how he was when he was a starter. So, the Wizards are just weird, man. They just don't know how to even <laughs> – they don't know how to tank right um, whatsoever. And that's kind of the strangest part about all of this is the fact that, you know, okay, once John Wall went down, it was like, all right, this season should technically be over now. You lost your best player. He's out. You know, yeah, it should be you know relatively fun for the rest of the year with Bradley Beal, but for the most part, the season's done. Now it's like – 
okay, we're one spot away from the playoffs. Yeah. The Wizards could be playing meaningful ball in April uh, when the playoffs start. And that's just wild to me. Yeah, and that's the thing is that if you look all the way to February 9th, uh, the next eight games, if you include tonight's San Antonio game, I mean, they're they're feeding off of some of the bottom feeders. You know, you got games in there, like you mentioned, that you can win. Cleveland twice. You got Chicago. You got Atlanta. So right there, that's four games out of those next eight that you should be able to win. That's four. That's, that's four wins right there. Then if you could beat the Indiana Pacers, who are a good team, they, like you said, they lost Oladipo. So that could be a win right there. That's five right there. You, maybe you split with Milwaukee. Maybe. Um, and then right there, it's at six and one. Then you have uh, who do I have left? Then you got San Antonio, obviously. And if you have San Antonio, and say you lose tonight, that's six and two still at the next eight. So yeah. really, if you look at it, I mean, uh, overall, it's. I mean, dude, it's. I'm I'm getting kind of excited, but at the same time, I think when you look at the standings, they have to. You know how how it looks at right now. I think the Hornets might come back. Uh, the Heat, ah, eh, who knows? Same with the Nets. You never know with them. But yeah. at the same time, you look at it, they have to shoot. They have to shoot. If they're going to make the playoff, you have to get a five or six seed. You can't go in there and, pl- and play Giannis or you had to, or, or Kawhi uh, in the first round because they're just going to demolish you. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to demolish you. You have to try to go in there and say, hey, you know, we'll go play the, the Sixers most likely because the Sixers are probably going to, you know, pass the Pacers up. Uh, but, you know, you got you got to hope that you got to go in there and play the Sixers and hope that their youth is is gonna you know falter at some point um, because hopefully Thomas Bryant with a whole season left to go with Mahinmi on the bench finally I mean hopefully he pr- he pr- produces some good uh, performances out there and then he goes against Embiid who is a superior opponent but then he can get possibly the, the way you gotta look at this is is they go into the playoffs and they play some of these better teams they can get their young guys like a Thomas Bryant go against a Joel Joel Embiid who's ten times better than he is yeah maybe he can you know get up a little rung on the experience. ladder or something yeah. like that. get no, that experience. for sure. Against the best to beat the or to to be the best, you got to beat the best. Obviously, Thomas Bryant's not going to be the best, but at the same <laughs> time, you know, if you if you play against the best, you can improve a little bit more. Yeah, I think it would be good for these young guys to be able to get some playoff experience under their belt, especially yeah. a guy like Thomas Bryant, who's got the fire and the possible potential. We'll see. Um, so again, uh, Wizards are going to be close to hitting the All Star break themselves actually here pretty soon. Um, so keep an eye on them over the next week or so, especially with tonight's game against San Antonio, who. If you're listening, you probably already know who won. We're going to step aside and play some uh, of our sponsors here, and then we'll get into uh, some, a quick food review um, and grinds my gears, as well as the Pine Pony Express. Again, you're listening to the DC Crossover. The DC Crossover is presented by Parando's Tex-Mex Grill. Located in Ashburn, Virginia, this family-owned restaurant gives you that warm and welcoming feeling as you walk through their doors. With two patios, fresh food, and weekly specials, you'll never be unsatisfied. Make your reservation today. Visit perandostexmex.com for all the details. The DC crossover is supported by We Organize. Specializing in the Northern Virginia area, We Organize transforms your space from chaos to peace, complicated to simple, and cluttered to calm. If you're in the market for professional organizing assistance, schedule an appointment today. Dial 571-310-1315. That's 571-310-1315. We organize. Places, spaces, people. What the hell is that? I mean, it tastes like a stuffing that you'd stick in the arse end of a turkey. Seafood crepe. Yeah, that's seafood crap. When you take a bite of that cod, it's almost like you've got a breaded condom in your mouth. 
It's like it's been left out for days and it's been attacked by cats. Dry and tasteless. It's dry, it's dry. How dry that is. Bland as anything. It is bland. Bland. There's no seasoning in there. Everything's bland. Bland. It's bland. Pasta's bland. I don't even think he likes the water. All right. <laughs> you got yeah, it's you. always always funny. So it's a f- food review. We're gonna run through this uh, real quick, and uh, we did eat some food before the show, and that is that the, was too hungry to wait. And you're the one that purchased this, so I'll let you promote the exact okay. wording of what this is. So for anyone who knows fast food or, or likes food in general, uh, there's a place called Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, Colonel Sanders is the mascot. Absolutely. Uh, the red and white logos. I mean, KFC is where it's at. KFC, you can pretty much get anything there. It's so much better than Popeye's and uh, any other you know, chicken joint out there. I guess you could say yeah, Zaxby's maybe a chicken joint. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But there's uh, that's in the South. But overall, KFC has a limited time offer. Limited time. I don't know how much time, but it's limited. Limited. So basically, it is a KFC Famous Bowl, which... It's been there. It's been around. Famous bowl. But the limited time offer is $3. It's legit. Like three bucks. Three buckaroos. Three Washingtons. Uh, 300 uh, Abraham Lincoln pennies. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> what if you went up there and had a bag of pennies? Uh, that'd be, I just thought about that. So basically, if you go and to, go to a KFC and get uh, a famous bowl, okay. you can get three bucks. But they have a new one. That is a spicy chicken bowl, yeah. which has spicy chicken, which we had tonight, yes. uh, which gives it an extra little kick for those uh, chicken poppers or what's it called, popcorn chicken. Um, basically, uh, the, the bowl has mashed potatoes as the uh, base, then they surround it with gravy, and then they put sweet corn inside of it as well. They top it off with some nice cheese, and then they put, obviously, mixed in there, uh, the, po- the, 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 the popcorn chicken. Uh, but this popcorn chicken is spicy. It's not too spicy, but it's just the, the right amount of spice where it's like, huh, I'd like to take a drink right after this. You know, something like that. It's not like those flaming Hot Doritos that I had the other day that's like you have two chips and you're like, okay, my mouth's on fire. <laughs> um, but definitely the KFC limited edition, limited time, KFC famous bowl, spicy or regular chicken for $3. Yeah, I'd say the, the spicy is what I had, and I, that's legit. It's legit. Because I do like uh, <laughs> spicy chicken, so even like when I make uh, chicken at home, and a very simple recipe of just taking like chicken breasts and like uh, putting it in, uh, you, you put in some flour on it, and then you put it, dip it in some egg mixture, and then you put the panko crumbs on it. One thing that I used to do to make spicy chicken is instead of egg mixture, I would actually dip um, the floured chicken in hot sauce and then put the, the, the breadcrumbs on it and then you cook it on the stove or in, in the oven or whatever. Gotcha. And then you create your own spicy chicken. And I'm telling you, there's nothing better than spicy chicken on this planet. Oh, yeah. Chick-fil-A, spicy chicken on sandwich. Point. Any of those are so the way to go. So spicy chicken is always going to be good. They're actually putting a Nashville hot chicken place in downtown Herndon really? nearby me um, that should be opening up next month. And when it does, I'll bring some and we'll try it on the show for sure. Because um, I, yeah, I haven't had it. We I have a lot that. of different spots now that we're going to be doing. Yeah, Mission <laughs> Barbecue. There's a lot. <laughs> but, yeah, for this in particular, this is a home run. Yeah. This is a home run. Got You've got the combination things, of the corn. You've got the mashed potatoes. You've got the cheese, the little melted cheese in there, too, <laughs> with the chicken. It's a hefty meal. It's yeah. literally a meal. You could have just that and be pretty satisfied. Yeah, if you want to get some fries or some uh, some biscuits, side of mac and cheese, whatever, I'm not going to fault you. But 
if you just have that bowl, you'll be satisfied. Yeah. You'll be happy with, with, with that amount of food. Now, guys like Mike and I, we're not happy with – we need at least three of those. <laughs> um, but the first I time I tried it, I had two. <laughs> it's pretty damn good. So let's go through the categories here then. So what's the first one? first one is presentation. presentation. They have a nice uh, hefty bowl, yeah. uh, which is nice because it's like a legit size too. It's like you know the portion size, like, like Ben said, it's a good enough portion size where you're like – I'm pretty satisfied after this. And because you think about all the elements that are inside that one little plastic bowl, you're like, wow, this is a lot of food that I'm eating, even though you might not, excuse me, think about it's that much food. But literally the presentation is our first category out of the four. We got presentation, taste, price, and then overall score out of five. Presentation, Mr. Simpson, is our first category. Presentation, I'm going to give a four. Four out of five. Not bad. Um, Because I think the way they have it set up with the chicken all on the top, um, with the, the cheese lightly drizzled on it, it's all sitting on this bed of mashed potatoes. Um, I, I, and, uh, you know, yeah, they, in the picture it looks like the certain way. The delivery, it was, it was like that way. I mean, yeah. you open up the box, and it's pretty similar to the, what you get in the picture of it. So, yeah, I'll give a four out of five on that. Yeah, that's not always the case with a lot of fast food stuff. But looking at the presentation, I'm going to give it a 4.25 nice. out of five just because of the sole fact that when you open that nice little clear lid, it's kind of it's kind of like a, what do they call it, a translucent lid where yeah. you can't see exactly what's yeah. inside of it, but because of obviously because of the, the condensation from all the, uh, is it condensation or just steam water? I don't know what they call it. Um, from the, from the heat in it, the, the best part about it is when you open up that lid, you're just like, wow, that is that looks amazing right there. And that's the best part about the presentation is that you can't see the entire thing right off the get-go, but mm-hmm. at, in the end, when you open that lid up and you're about to engulf into the mashed potatoes, <laughs> basically, uh, that, that, that presentation is on point. Taste for me? I think 4.5 out of 5. <laughs> that chicken, it's almost perfect. Um, you know, for me, actually, the corn aspect... You know, I like corn. I, I get corn in my Chipotle uh, bowls. I, I, I've always corn liked great. corn. The corn is solid. For me personally, I don't know if it's needed. I think maybe some other texture in there could work. I don't know what else you might throw in there. Well, KFC's um, listening, so let's, let's so, yeah. throw out some other ideas. I, I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think what else I, w- I would want in there. Um, God, if they added, like, some mac and cheese or something in there, <laughs> some noodles in there, I would lose my What shit. goes good with mashed potatoes? That's the, that's the, that's the key. I know, the I know. I just don't. You may not even need that. You may just, if it's just the chicken and the mashed potatoes together with some, some cheese on well, there. think about it. When you get the side of mashed potatoes, I mean, it's almost the exact same thing. You get the side of mashed potatoes mashed potatoes and you just dump that into your plate and then you have everything else on oh, top of incredible. it. So. so I don't I mean again it wasn't bad there maybe the ratio of corn was what got me maybe there was really? too much um, but that's why it's not a five but again it's not bad. I like the cor- I mean I like corn at four out of five for me for for taste as well or no 4.5 out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Taste for me 4.75 you can't go wrong the spicy yeah. now it was a spicy four, it was a great. 4.25 slash 4.5 with just a regular chicken sure but adding that spice to it where like I said before it's not a ton of spice where you have to go running for the exits to, to, to get a drink of water yeah, from the not, hose. It's not too spicy, like <laughs> but you said. But literally, it's just an amount of spice where it's like, you know, you take a couple of bites and you're like, okay, let me have a swig of water so I don't choke. Um, you know, basically, that's the best thing about it is because that spiciness uh, just adds that point extra two five than the regular famous yeah. bowl. Now it's one of my favorite things is the famous bowl. Uh, and, I, and we should honestly, at one point, we should uh, rate our top five fast food items. It's true. Because we'll this would easily there. make my top three. It'd be a podium. 
That sounds like a summer activity. As we're getting right. in our swimsuit. <laughs> so we, we sit here in our bathing suits, uh, grading the fast foods. Um, next one uh, is price five. Five, five. out of five. Three dollars? <laughs> so quick. I mean, three dollars for that? That's incredible. Well, that's the thing is when I first heard about it, it said three bucks. And I was like, that can't be true. I said it has to be like three fifty or something like that because you add something or something or another. But it's legit three bucks. Like I went up and I said, I need two bowls, lady. And then also, obviously, it was a Taco Bell restaurant, so I got another burrito. But oh, we're not at that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. $3, okay, so I got a $1 craving burrito just because for the ride home, obviously, because I yeah. was hungry. So then basically, I got the $1 burrito, the two $3 bowls, that equals 7 It was literally like seven twenty-five. Like that was, that was like the, the ticket. I was like, That's incredible. wow, that is immaculate. That's a lot of food for that. That's oh, yeah. a lot of food. Three bucks? You can't, you can't beat that. When I first heard about it after work, there was a KFC near my work. I said, hey. I gotta go, so I ended up going there. I said, "Hey, can I get two bowls?" And they said, "Yep, that's that's gonna be six fifteen or whatever." And I said, "This is unbelievable." So five out of five for me too. Absolutely. So our overall score now, taking everything into consideration, we're talking taste, we're talking presentation, we're talking price. Overall score for me, four point six five. Wow. Out of five. Couldn't go with the four and a half or the four point seven five. Got to go with the four point six five. Six five out of five. Book it. I told you how good it was last week. It I, was told damn good. I told you. I was like, I, I said I had I had one of these a couple days ago. You got to have it. And literally for for overall, I'm giving it a four point eight two six. Wow. Out of out of five. Wow. And you know that extra you know six at the end of there yeah. really makes the difference. It does. So really, you have to go with overall. Uh, a 4.826 because of the sole fact that, hey, that is, like you said, it's hearty, it's delicious, it's easy, unless you go to a certain KFC that's really slow, like the one I did, uh, but that's that's no fault of their own. Sure. Uh, you got you to you spend time on perfection. That's what they did. Uh, 4.826 again. <laughs> wow. Sick for and, then, and then real quick, we have a, a minute left before the music stops. The... Mega Stuff Oreos. That's right. Real quick. We won't go through every category. We'll just give an overall five. Five out of five <laughs> for the Mega Stuff. It's so nice and simple. Seriously. Nice and simple. I went to Harris Teeter. I said, I, uh, these Mega Stuffed Oreos are limited again. And I went there. I said, I, I got to get some of these It's like things. two double stuffed centers with Legit. the regular cracker. It's not the regular double stuffed Oreo. It's yeah. like a mega it's, double, it's double like stuff. It's two double, double. And, but again, the cracker's still there. So you still have that crunch. There's some sort of separation between you and just you eating the, the stuff <laughs> in between. Because that would be like uncivilized. You Jeez. at least have the two crackers. But it, and uh, the best part for me was I, I bit it. And the, the, the rest of the stuff was just oozing out of the side yep. because it's so it's so hefty. <laughs> it's so much. five out of five, hundred percent. Oh, I'm gonna give it a ten out of five just because of the sole fact that it. I mean, the double stuff is pretty much a four and a half yeah. out of five. Yeah. But you got to double that plus the extra just melty goodness at the end. So doubling that is a nine. You got to get that extra one just because of the idea of having it. I mean, that's the biggest thing. So the KFC signature bowl, the chicken, get the hot one. Yep. At the spicy chicken. Even if you're not super into spicy, it's not too spicy. Like yeah. Mike said, it's not something that's going to make you, you know, have to put ice cubes down your throat or something like that. <laughs> it's 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 just enough spice for those who do like a little bit of kick, um, and then obviously get the mega stuff Oreos. So from food into gear grinding, it's time for what grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? 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 You, America. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. All right. This is the segment where Mike and I tell the people 
What really what grinds our grinds gears. Are gears. <laughs> yeah, that's it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, if you can't figure it out by now, then you're an idiot. Um, you're grinding my gears. So for me, Mike, this comes down to uh, actually coming off of last night's uh, trip to the George Mason game. I think what uh, grinds my gears, what pisses me off, is um, post-game, we're trying to leave the stadium. Everybody's trying to leave the arena. No one's sticking around. You know, the game's over. Everyone wants to go home and get to their cars and drive away. Um, so, in theory, we all should be moving towards that goal of leaving this arena. And George Mason, relatively easy to get out. It's, you know, one of those big circles, just like any of those arenas. There's exits. There's a north, south, east, west doors. You, got, you kind of know which door you need to go out. You go find that door, you leave. Um, there's usually kind of two moving groups. There's the people going this way, the people going that way, and, and, and everything should be flowing pretty well. What grinds my gears is the people that use that opportunity to look at their phone. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and to be staring down at their phone and walking at a leisurely pace where the rest of us are all like, hey... You know, let's get to our car and get the F out of here. Yep. Um, this was a great game, great time. I've been here for two hours. I don't need to be here any longer. I'm trying to leave. And you can't get around them um, because of the way that there's so many people in the hallway. So you're stuck walking at a much slower pace than you could be walking because they're choosing this opportunity to go on their phone and surf the Internet and text people and stuff like that rather than waiting till they're outside yep. when they can do that without blocking people. The unaware walkers are the worst scum of the earth <laughs> at arenas because they don't care about you or your what what you're trying to do. Oh, yeah. They only care about themselves. It's not just the people on their phone. It's also, you know, we're going to have to throw some shade. The old people, the old people are walking pretty slow. You were stuck. The greatest part of last <laughs> night was Abby and I were walking. Uh, we were walking towards the door. I, I knew that Mike was somewhere behind us. <laughs> I didn't know how close he was, but I was like, all right, he's, he's, he's going to be able to see us. He's going to figure this out. And then I found a portion where I could pull off to the side and look behind and say, all right, let's wait for Mike. Five minutes goes by, basically. <laughs> and then suddenly there's Mike, who's caught in like a, a, a vortex <laughs> of 80-year-olds. And he had like this old lady to his front and back. It was almost like he was being escorted. Like they were his bodyguards. Like he was the Biebs. And they were like walking him through a crowd of, of fans. Except for these were all old people. <laughs> and he was stuck in the middle and he just couldn't get anywhere. It was like I was playing a box in one and yeah. I, in, in basketball. And you and had like a panicked look on your face. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of here <laughs> yeah. or out of this vortex. But that's, that's what grinds my gears, Mike, is the people that are just unaware walkers. I don't care about anybody else around me. I don't care who I'm slowing down. At one point when we were behind those guys, I was about to say something. I, you know, I was about to just be like, guys, can you pick up the pace a little bit? <laughs> yeah, can you, can you get out of the way? I stepped on their heels like three times, <laughs> and they like the guy like did take a quick look. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. He had long hair. I don't know. Um, Good tell. And, uh, and it was like finally got out of the way. I just was like, Jesus Christ. Thank <laughs> God. Uh, it, it's it's people like that just. I'm, I'm telling guess. you, man. Like literally, in, in, in a zone defense, you play a box in one. You got two guys in the front, one in the middle, and two guys in the back. That's where I was. You got the two old people talking to each other, looking at their phones. Two people in the back of me, so I couldn't turn around yep. and do it. And I was in the middle. I was like, it was like a, I was like suffocating <laughs> from these old people that were literally just like, and they. Honestly, people were like passing us. Oh yeah, they, left and right, and they weren't like passing us like like you could just go around somebody or whatever. Like they were going through kiosks and 
different stuff like that. We, were, we were in Daytona people. on three wheels, and everybody else is passing us. Uh, oh my gosh, so that's uh, that's that's my grind my gear, dude. That 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 burned me out. My grind my gear is something a little bit more simple than that, but okay. it's more it's more in the virtual world, I guess you could say. Uh, emails. Now, emails is a big thing. Now, in my profession, different stuff like that, trying to change jobs, you really have to get in touch with emails and different stuff of that nature for the sole fact of, uh, you, you know, making sure you're, you stand out and sure. making sure of, of this uh, different kind of nature where you sit there and you say, hey, you know, I, I, I applied. I, I want to let you know I'm very interested in this job, whatever it may be. So I've done that most of the times. The problem is that what grinds my gears the most is when people sit there and you email them and you email their superior or no, not superior, they think they're their confidant or whatever, sure. whoever else you're talking to. You, you literally sit there and you email both of them or even three, four people, and no one gets back to you. Yeah. Like literally, they, they read it, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure they read it because I send them, I send them literally like near the, the start of the day. Because I, I used to think if I sent it at the very late at night, it would be the first thing in their email box. Yeah. Okay, well, that never worked. Then you realize that they just do- delete everything that's in their email box in the exactly. morning. And then all of a sudden, so I email them like, you know, 9, 10. I'll, I'll have the email saved in my yeah. phone. All I have to do is press send. So I like try to do it. And that's actually worked a couple times. But then you do it for this where a job literally just opened up two days ago. And I send them an email about the job for them to try to fill it, yep. which I'm already qualified for, all this kind of stuff. And they just don't get back to you. Yeah. You're, you're sitting there. You're just like, like what's, what's the point here? You, you, you can say, hey, yeah, we're looking at. Like you can do that stupid email, which I always hate. Like, yeah, we're looking at candidates. We'll get back to you. If we need. Like, at least you do something That's like better that. better than nothing. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like you just ghost me through email. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's just the worst feeling in the world where you're just like, I just sent this email. I, I did all this stuff. I'm trying to help you out. Uh, and and it's you're, you're still just... You literally don't give We've any We've reached this strange place in society where we're perfectly happy with just completely ignoring people. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Now, like like you said, there's. Not, I mean, they, I get it. They may be getting a lot of emails in the day, but it takes, what, 10 seconds was to a, send it? It was a Friday. Yeah, it was a Friday. The job opened up on Thursday. It takes 10 seconds to email you back and just be like, hey, Mike, thanks for reaching out. You know, we'll keep you posted for sure. We appreciate you, know, appreciate you following up. I mean, it, it's just so easy to do something like that. Um, and, and my job literally is all, I'm emailing people all day, nonstop. And sometimes we get some absolute psychopaths um, that email us with their manuscripts and things like that. Um, and I, But for me, I know that I, I try to personally get back to each one of them, even if it's like, hey, you know, I, I don't have time to talk to you right now, but maybe in a couple weeks. I mean, just be a, a human being yeah. for the most part is what, uh, yeah, I, that, that, that just kills me. The people that just don't even respond to your email is absolutely belie- unbelievable. It just burns me out because of the sole fact that you spend the time to, you know, and you're really interested and you really want the job and all that kind of stuff. But I just think, at least in this profession, I mean, both my professions, I guess you could say, with broadcasting and with uh, in, in the teaching world, like literally those two professions are probably the worst at emails and yeah. different stuff of that nature, and I'm in both of them. Yeah. It's like it's like broadcasting. I try to be a legit broadcaster for play-by-play and, and different stuff like that, just like you have. And I and I even went into having uh, an account on this uh, this website. I remember. Say, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say this website, but it was a legit, legit website. Yeah. It gave you all these needle-in-the-haystack jobs, and it was legit because they had all these jobs with professional teams and minor league teams and all this kind of stuff. And I would email so many people. And there's this one story I'll get into real fast, and I'll, talk, I'll say it real quick, sure. hopefully. Um, basically, <laughs> there was this guy that worked for, I think it was 94-7. Sure. Um, and it was supposed to be like a, like a nighttime DJ kind of thing. And obviously, I'm not a DJ. I'm a sports broadcaster. But at the same time, I was qualified enough to do it. He looks at my resume, and he looks at my uh, demo reel and stuff like that. He says, hey, uh, Mike, this is all sports. <laughs> I said, yeah. 
That's that's you know that's my resume. You, you read my resume, and he's like, "Well, do you have any background in music?" And I said, "You know, I'm not a not a you know rapper. I'm not a rap artist. You know, it's like I'm, I'm like I'm not Justin Bieber over here. I'm yeah. not you know 50 Cent." And he's like, "Well, how am I supposed to?" He, he tries to give me like a like a lesson of like you know I, I'm going to tell you so something right now. And he's like, "Well, how do you how do you think I'm supposed to look at this?" And I said, "I mean, as a candidate, you know, I I, I contacted him through LinkedIn. He actually yeah. kept responding to me." And he was just wasting my time. He wasn't going to do it anyway. He'd hire me, I guess. So he basically tells me, he's like, well, honestly, if you have nothing in the music realm, how am I supposed to view this? Because this is just sports. And I said, I, I mean, I don't know why you're giving me an interview of, of, of something right now. So then he ends up saying this, this, this completely rude thing. He ends up telling me, he's like, this is basically like saying, hey, you're the – and he, he said something like – I'm going to paraphrase. He yeah, said something sure. like, you're, you're an all-star for the – or you're a pro bowler for the NFL, and they tell you to go pick up a tennis racket. And I said, okay. Like, <laughs> like he's like basically something that's like totally out of the realm. Like yeah. he said something like, like you're a broad, you're sports broadcaster, but you can't, you can't broadcast on, on 94.7 FM at night. You know, like you can't play music and speak about the weather and something that's in the pop culture or something like yeah. that. Like I can't speak about something like that because I'm a, I talk about sports. Like yeah. I'm I'm not a human being. I started laughing my ass off at that time. I'm like, okay, like that's the thing. It's like you don't have to do something like that to that sure, extreme, but sure, you can at sure. least email and say something. Yeah, you can <laughs> say something back. But yeah, that, that's that's wild to think that uh, just because yeah, just if. if I don't know. That's just a whole other discussion. But yeah, no, that's. <laughs> I don't know why crazy. I got into that. I but don't at, know least, where, where... at least get back to people. That's that's definitely. Uh, again, don't be a rude a hole and just respond in email. Even if you don't want to really talk to them, just send them a response. Say, hey, I'll get back to you later on. Just a, a, an acknowledgement of their existence would be nice. That'd be nice. Um, we'll move to the final segment here, the Pine Pony Express. It's been a long enough episode as it is. <laughs> yeah, but but hey, you know we got some great content in there. No we'll doubt. move to the Pine Pony Express here. So we'll, we'll run through these and we'll finish up. Um, so again, this is the segment where we each bring in a news story um, and discuss. And usually it's uh, the stories that are a little absurd or, or things like that. So mine is um, uh, basically that uh, NFL fans... Um, so we, we know what happened in the in the Chiefs game uh, last weekend where, uh, you know, there's D Ford, plays for Kansas City. He's a linebacker. He uh, got called for a penalty late in that game being caught off sides, which kind of cost the Chiefs uh, an opportunity to win that football game. It was a huge play in the AFC Championship and uh, uh, just a huge mistake. Well, people, as what will tend to happen is, you know, people will take to Twitter, find that athlete's Twitter, and tweet at them, and, you know, you idiot, and all this blah, blah, blah. So, (laughs) apparently, there's a woman in England who's named D. Ford. (laughs) And she's on Twitter. And she woke up on Monday morning, 47-year-old woman, woke up in England, woke up next morning getting just blasted with (laughs) tweets. Death threats, I think. Death threats. Um... Tweets and uh, just everybody, all these different ends of the spectrum, saying how, you know, I, I, I will never forgive you. You know, uh, hope you suffer the entire summer letting you know your team down <laughs> and uh, you let your team down and all this stuff. And this, this English woman, to her credit, 
pretty funnily, uh, funny, she actually responded to a lot of these tweets saying, you know, stuff like, you know, I hope you enjoy your summer. I know I will because I did, I'm not playing in the NFL, so I didn't do this. <laughs> so she took it in good stride. Uh, I, think but, there was, I think there was one on there. She said, I'll, I'll, I'll wait until you read my bio, <laughs> like something, something like that. This one guy uh, re- like tweeted to her, said, listen, man, Brady knew you were offside. The ball wouldn't have gone there if he didn't have a free play, so you didn't cancel up in interception because it would have happened if you weren't offside in the first place. You with me? And she responded to him saying, no, Barry, we're not with you. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> and like, so this lady has, well, this is pretty hilarious, but yeah, she's got, you know, 5,000 followers uh, now on Twitter uh, because of the, this latest stuff, but just sharing the name with anybody. And it's funny because this happens. You mentioned Kevin McCarthy earlier. Yeah, yeah. So Kevin McCarthy do, does a nice bit. He, he does uh, movie reviews and things like that in the area. But there's obviously there's a, I believe he's like minority whip or something like that in, in, in Congress who's named Kevin McCarthy. And he will get contacted by people on Twitter all the time that will say all this terrible stuff to him because of like politics stuff. And he will respond to them with like movie quotes and things like that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, movie quotes. sharing the same name as legends. like an athlete or somebody famous uh, pretty rough situation. Like I remember when the Ray Rice stuff went down. Yeah. Wasn't there like a there was like a radio host in Baltimore? There was somebody whose name it was a white guy named Ray Rice, and he was getting like death threats and things like that. It's just wild. It's the funny me. thing too is that you, you see these people's profiles, and it's like you see a woman in, the, in like an old, like forty-seven. It takes year two old. seconds to figure out that's not D Ford <laughs> for the Kansas D4. City Chiefs. Yeah. It's like I mean, literally, like a, a lady who has three thousand followers is not a professional NFL player that plays every single down for. A major team. It, it, People I, are just so dumb. I just don't get it. People are so dumb, especially because she would respond back and being like, "Hey, I'm not D Ford," and then they would like direct message her, being like, "I'm not falling for your little prank, D. Uh, I'm smarter than the average Twitter user. I know you made this fake D Ford account of some random woman from England because you couldn't face the music." <laughs> this person said, "What an absolute idiot!" It's like why, fake woman from England. You think D Ford from Kansas City? made a fake Twitter account of a British woman because he couldn't handle Twitter criticism. If if D Ford couldn't handle Twitter criticism, he would just get off Twitter. Get off Twitter. <laughs> he wouldn't you know, here's how I'm gonna help myself. Use my name and put it so not even change your name. Get a woman off of Google. It's like people are so dumb. People are just so I, dumb. I don't know. I Good mean, for this lady being able to take it in stride. I would be if I was in that situation. You know, let's say Ben Simpson costs you know the, the Patriots a Super Bowl or something like that, and suddenly I'm getting uh, you know hit up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever the case may be. Every single one of those people, I would just comment back like, "You effing idiot! <laughs> you are so dumb!" <laughs> I, I, oh my gosh! I don't know if that is as dumb as my story. Sure. So my Pine Pony Express is titled "True Love." Man proposes in court to woman who stabbed him 13 oh, times. God, I think I saw this story. It's oh a Russian God. man begged a judge to let his girlfriend go free after she stabbed him 13 <sighs> times, almost killing him. Yeah, yeah I would he, yeah, yeah, almost, yeah, literally 13 times. He wanted her to be released so they could get married. Yeah. According to reports, he proposed to her in court after her sentencing. At the time of the attack, the man named Shakur... Uh, managed to escape his attacker, which was his future wife, apparently. Yeah. Um, as she faced a judge to be sentenced, Shakur apparently proposed to the woman and begged the judge for leniency so they could arrange their marriage. I, I, I don't get it. Something tells me that marriage is not going to work out. I mean, seriously, put it this way. Okay, it's Russia. Okay, they're weird. They're crazy. They're nuts. This is true. But the thing about it is, is 
what, what in your right mind would you say, hey, like if Jen, for instance, you and Abby are already married. If me and Jen, you know, think about getting married and we're sitting there and we're like, okay, you know, I, I think we should start to get married a little yeah. bit. You know, I, I think we should start, you know, it's, it's been over two and a half years, almost pretty much two and a half years, something like that, maybe even more. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> something like that. I don't know the exact number. But literally, it's like if I look at, you know, look at Jen and, and, and she gets pissed off me one night. Sure. Like, like Stabs you 13 times. Yeah, if I eat too many Oreos, Oof. something like that. Yeah, and she stabs, <laughs> she, stabs, she stabs me because she's so pissed. Yeah. And I, I wake up and I'm just like out of a coma. Yeah. And I'm just like, hey. You know what? Like, Let bygones be yeah. water under the bridge. Water, water, yeah, water under, the bridge. under the bridge. That's you know, it's it's a mistake. You, know, you, you, you stab me with a butcher knife. You, you got know, angry. I was angry. I almost died. I you was almost really, killed me. It's like know, I almost died. Why would you? Yeah, it's okay. You know, it happens. It happens love is love. Yeah, it's true love. You know, like I don't understand these people in their right minds that say, or not even in their right mind. Obviously, yeah. it's not in his right mind. Yeah. But like you're, you're begging a judge because you want to get married to this woman. What does the judge think at that point? Yeah. Like. Are you are you an imbecile? Like if this this person stabbed you. If, you. if you're the judge in that situation, you go, okay, that's fine. Go propose to this this clear psychopath, yeah. and then I'll see you guys back in court probably next week because yeah. she probably cut your head off. So <laughs> I'll be convinced. You won't see you know, him. He'll I'll be, be convicting her at that point. Yeah, people. The you know, there's people in relationships where you're just like. You know, it doesn't matter what the other person does. Like, you're cool with it. Yeah, this person, oh, yeah, this person, like, stole my car, and, uh, you know, they're, uh, you know, they burned our house to the ground yeah. and all this stuff. But, you know what? I love them. He does charity work. I love them. <laughs> you know? He has some arson background. People are, cra- that does sound like a Russia story, though. I, I just I just don't, I just, it literally just makes no sense. In Russia, it, that's a basically a proposal. She right? was proposing to him. Yeah. She, it was friends, and she, you know how, you know, in Friends, Monica is lighting up all the candles, and Chandler comes back. And there's all those candles, and she proposes to him. This was that, yeah. except for instead of candles, it was thirteen knife wounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's Russian friends. That's a really, that's a really close analogy right there. Yeah, that's close. exactly Very that's close. exactly what happened. Oh my gosh! Like it, it's yeah. Then they then they go home right after <laughs> yeah. the judge releases them, and she smacks them over with a, with a frying yeah, pan. Yeah, she, yeah. It's, <laughs> just, oh she takes my. a broom handle and sticks it up his nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Unbelievable. That's, oh, this marriage is off to a great start. Yeah. Oh, man, I just love getting those stories. But, oh, man. God, any, my any, pony's any, great. Any last thoughts? Longest show we've ever done. How Two long? and a half hours. <laughs> Good Lord. I got to edit a little bit of it. But Yeah, not God bless whoever's listening to this. Thank God Danny's not going to be on the show today. Yeah, that would be a four-hour-long episode. Hour show. It's basically like we're doing a shift on the radio. <laughs> yeah, we do appreciate you guys who are listening to this show. Um, and, again, we're, we got some fun Super Bowl content next week. And yep. then some spring. Then next thing you know, it'll be spring training time. So we'll, we'll get into some Nats baseball and um, definitely be following them. And maybe even if those who are in the area that are listening, maybe during baseball season, we'll, we'll find a way to kind of put together a group to go out to a game. Yeah, no doubt about. Yeah. It. No doubt about. It. I thought you were going to keep talking in there. So, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. Then I, I, the the spicy chicken starting to come back to me. <laughs> yeah, my, my body's like, whoa, oh, man, man, that's uh, the acid reflux. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll 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 definitely put together some fun summer activities, and also also keep in mind when spring and summer hit. The outdoor shows will be coming back, oh, so yeah. keep keep an eye out for that. But for now, we're still in the cold, cold months of winter. Snows on its way on Wednesday, um, on yeah. Tuesday night, and all that stuff. So we'll see what plays out there. But yeah, NHL All Star Weekend, NFL Week, uh, Pro Bowl Weekend, uh, NBA is about to hit their All Star break. So it's one of those times of years where we're going to bo- have a lot of breaks with some of these teams, and we'll focus on what we can. And like today's show, we did a heavily focus with the Redskins and Bruce Allen's presser. But um, again, there's very, always going to be content with the way that these 
these teams and DC operates. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to try to keep our shows uh, condensed to within two hours for the most part, um, unless it's a live show. But at the same time, uh, we want to thank you all again for listening to the DC crossover, where we cross over all four major sports teams, at least when they're in season or something's going on uh, in the DC market. Again, I am Mike Sarone. Alongside with me is Mr. Ben Simpson. As always, follow us on all the social media outlets, DC crossover podcast on Facebook at the DC crossover on Twitter. Uh, and also definitely check out all of our stuff on the, on the, excuse me, the podcasting apps, Apple podcast, Google podcast, and Google play music. Uh, definitely next week we're going to be broadcasting on Saturday. This week we were going to try to have our Virginia Tech segment and all their uh, fun stuff and all their fun news with their football team and their basketball team with our guy from Fox Sports 910 Richmond, Danny Noakes. Uh, he could not come on last minute. Uh, so basically we're going to have him on on Saturday and get some good t- content there on our Super Bowl episode uh, we might do a live broadcast. We might not. We'll to, we'll, we're going to plan on that and see uh, what we can do. But definitely a good show today, Mr. Simpson. Very, very uh, well done. Very well thought out. Uh, uh, you know, Bruce Allen press conference. Definitely uh, go check that out on YouTube and everything of that nature. But again, check us out. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play. MusicDCCrossover.com. For Ben Simpson, I am Mike Cerrone saying so long. Yet again, another episode in the books of the DC Crossover. Happy Super Bowl week, everybody. Let's set fire to the lights and run away from